know what dyslexic zombies eat no brian what do they eat brian's <laughs> welcome <laughs> boys and ghouls to another fucking minisode of halloween is forever i am brian i'm meg i am steve <laughs> and then we got another creeper lurking around in the fucking background guys you can't <laughs> see him on account of this is an audio format um but we got a guest on the show it's they been a sec since they we had a feel guest his presence. there's I a know presence meg could, you? Feel, meg could feel him staring at her back while she was cooking just a little bit ago <laughs> yeah. uh, the eyes just melting into your back um yeah <laughs> We have a we have a guest on here. Say hello. Tell 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 the folks who you are. Hey folks, this is Drew West from Drew in the Blue. Hey, we got a motherfucking guest on here. We got Drew. <laughs> uh, I think we mentioned uh, probably multiple times on the show. Um, Drew has come up, or at least Drew in the Blue, which in recent months has definitely been my most listened to a band on on spotify and or whatever fucking um, thank you platforms on who now oh yeah Yeah. no i'm a i'm a full-on creep yeah i'm like always just like posting like can we see you guys on instagram (laughs) i don't feel so bad now you know yeah yeah we uh we uh over at uh over at the brewery we uh we have uh had that uh, the new album on repeat uh, for for several months now, which um, we will uh, we will talk about in a second. Um, but uh, before we get into all that mess, we got a couple of regular old order of business we got to take care of. Some kind of as is tradition things here. First of all, does everyone uh, have a beer or a beverage that they'd like to talk about? Ooh, I have a very Batman relevant left. one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to announce and tell everyone that I had my first Oktoberfest yesterday. Congratulations. This is, this wow. is big stuff. It's a and big it was, coming of age tale. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a beer package from a brewer that I met at the Mixed Culture Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. And he had posted from his brewery, it's Birds Fly South, um, that they were doing their Oktoberfest. And the can was just so gorgeous that I was just like, oh, my God, I want one. And then What's he the name of the brewery? Birds Fly South. Oh, I don't know these guys. Huh. Um, and where are they at? Uh, South Carolina. Oh, hmm. gotcha. And uh, so he sent me that. I drank that yesterday because I couldn't wait. And but today, one of the cans was kind of getting a little, little excited and almost looked like it was going to explode. It was getting a little distended. <laughs> it couldn't stand up straight, which is why the cans. That is front a of me. sign of quality. <laughs> That's what I always say. If your can looks like it's about to do you harm, it was also a saison, sign of quality. So let's get, let's let's like calm down here. Uh, no, that, unacceptable. No, no. unacceptable. <laughs> No. It was it was shipped here. I'm giving it a pass, okay? Because I'm no. also drinking this beer. It's called Saison is Dead, first yeah. and foremost. That's, which a, is that's sick. a good name. The can logo is amazing. It basically yeah. is like this Saison bottle with a knife. Mm-hmm. Very on brand. Mm. So it um, actually is, it, at least they market it as a dangerous beer. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they, and I did open it with a butter knife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, just, but yeah, it's just a dry hop saison and it's delicious, hand, but I'm drinking off. it out of a Schlitz glass now. <laughs> I like that. So Yeah, that's dead. That's, that's dead serious guys. right there. Uh, 
I, you know what? I'll go next just because left or right, that's how we're looking on my screen. I'm, I'm drinking a beer that I felt is, is pretty uh, relevant to the situation. One that Drew may or may not be familiar with. A little, a little Reading Premium action here. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with, with Drew and his band, he is currently residing and recording from beautiful Reading, Pennsylvania. That is true. Also, yeah. if you are familiar and you heard our EP, I think we somebody stole somebody's colors. I think we stole your guys' colors because oh, the can matches the EP, the Surfing on a Surfboard one. Yeah, yeah. You guys posted it a while ago, and I, I hadn't realized it. And at the same time, I was like, well, what more fitting of a beer, you know? Fair game. Take it. Run with it. We, <laughs> we rent it from somebody else. We don't even own it. Uh, when I say we, I mean uh, Sly Fox. Uh, we, we actually like... <laughs> license it from whoever the hell owns the the like they came to us and said hey brew this beer and resurrect it it was like an old Pennsylvania brew which Wilkes i did folks i think yeah i think so and they they're from like this beer started like way back like late 19th century and then i think at one point they were like one of the top 10 or 20 largest breweries in in the country Ooh, which wow. i did not realize um i think that was back like mid-century kind of mid-20th century and then i think it went out of business they closed their doors or sold or something like back in maybe the late 70s i don't know in recent years we've kind of tried to resurrect it and pulled you know some of the like mid-century you know label design and stuff out of it but it's just like you're pretty standard you know american style lager if you like a if you like a goddamn high life or if you like a some bitch in hams you're probably gonna dig a, a reading premium so that's yeah there you go i was gonna say I, there's no way a high life isn't within arm's length of meg right this second um, so that's, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> my, who's next on your left to right? My left to right is different. You are actually, <laughs> which is completely irrelevant, also. but absolutely. That's, yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. I was at the market on Sunday and, um, right on the street in West Reading on Penn Ave and mm. Locust Lane Brewing was there. Okay. Um, so I'm drinking a three ton Citra IPA, uh, mm. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, yeah. it's it's really bright. I mean, I'm trying to fit them in. Summer is is uh, it's almost over. And when you wake up early in the morning, which I have to, you walk you walk outside. It smells like fall. So yeah, I'm quite aware that like for me at least, stout season is coming in. So. I'm trying to uh, enjoy the last of these anyway. The last little drips of summer. See, I'm I'm like the opposite where as like. My birthday is the 13th of August, and that's when fall starts for me. I'm like, ah. fuck it. I'm like, I listen, I'm wearing pants and sweatshirts. I don't care if it's 90 degrees. <laughs> I'm fucking slugging Oktoberfest. I mean, you're sweating and either beers. way, Brian's. Well, that's the thing. See, I'm, see I'm, I'm, your face I'm a sweaty right bitch. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sweating profusely no matter what. So I might as well, you know, be able to pretend that I'm in the time of year that I want. Um, but yeah, we'll see. What we got? What you got? What you got? I got. A little hop farm action. Oh, yeah. It is their Musa, which is the Grodziski. Oh, yeah, yeah. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Grodziski. Grodziski? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I know it's fucking Polish. <laughs> like, and that's the hard. most Yinzer way possible, too. And I really <laughs> yeah. appreciated that. Grodziski. <laughs> Grodziski. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a. If you just go make a lot of the noises, right. that's all you got to do for just Polish. All consonants. That's yeah. All yeah. It is. That's the thing yeah. about Polish is. It's spelled G R D Z. D R K H H H H. We already talked about dyslexia on this episode, yeah. so Brian, you get a pass. <laughs> yeah, Z's are J's and J's are C's, and it's all <laughs> fucked up. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a four-three smoked oat. You know, it's a great beer from them. I actually had it when we did our live show. 
Mm-hmm. They had it on nice tap there. Soda there. Yeah, I missed that. Why did I? I don't know because you didn't go there. They had a smoke beer on. I don't know, but yeah, I had it on tap there, and then I I went to. Oh, when you were there with Hot Nation, you mean? No, no, when I was there with us. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Why didn't I notice that? I don't know. Mm. I'm not in charge of you, (laughs) (laughs) Steve. Tell (laughs) me when something that's relevant to me is happening. I thought you would have known. (laughs) I didn't. You're better friends with Malcolm. I figure you guys just talk about tapless all the time. (laughs) He stopped telling me about his beers because I just tell him he's a piece of shit every time he talks. (laughs) Fair enough. But then I saw a four pack at the Eagle for 15 bucks, and I got that. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a good one. So go to him. Um, All right. Beers are present and accounted for. We do have a little thing we got to do here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls out there. We do a thing. If you're new to the show and if you haven't listened to recent episodes, first of all, fuck you. Like you're trash and I'm mad at you (laughs) and I physically want to do harm to you. Um, But you have started now, so we'll, we'll move past it. But here is here's how it works. Right. Once a month, we do a little thing called a showdown episode. This here is a mini so that you're listening to right now. Um, But we do a showdown episode once a month. We have this big old dang spinny wheel of topics, uh, all types of horror movie genres and all types of weird stuff. And every month Steve spins that some bitch and wheel. We get three of them. We throw them out there on the social medias, and then everyone votes on which one they want for the following month's showdown episode. This particular uh, most recent three to choose from, we ended up with uh, Satanic Panic was the topic, which is to say some goddamn Satan-ass movies. Some, some, and, and again, not just demons. We're talking about the dude, his infernal majesty, you guys. We want literal Satan movies, satanic movies where Satan is part of the, you know, the the plot, not just uh, not just some random ass old demons. Um, so that's what we landed on. That's what that's what the, the listeners picked for next month. So it is about time for us to pick our movies. Now, we're all going to pick a dang movie that's associated with that topic. And then next month, the first Monday of the month, we're going to each talk about those movies and we'll argue. Well, you know, somebody's going to get jackknife powerbomb, a couple, <laughs> you know, diamond cutters on the pavement. Uh, no holds barred situation plays out. We vote and then somebody takes home that motherfucking shoulder candy, guys. That strap you get to walk around all month with as the champ. Now, Meg is currently the champ. I don't love. I don't right. love how it played out. Thank it you was the for first acknowledging ever. me, Brian. Drew, I, I'm going to lay this out for you, just so you're up to speed. <laughs> okay. Real bit of controversy <laughs> happening here. Okay, <laughs> first time ever we had a stalemate where we each voted. We each got one vote amongst us. We've been doing the podcast over a year now. Somehow that was the first time it happened. So we put it out to the listeners. That's what the bylaws <laughs> dictate. It was out of our hands. We put it out there to. Um, you know, to the listeners, Meg thought it was a cool idea to just <laughs> canvas the fucking neighborhood. I have been creeping on your last few episodes, and I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware okay. of this. All right, all right. So, she, yeah. yeah, she had been stoking her own, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, her own votes, and you. She'd been right. out there 
kissing hands, Asking shaking babies. Asking people to vote right. is not illegal. I just it's ask not. for it's, people to vote. Yeah, it's not illegal, but it's it's like pissing in public. It's just, like it's you're immoral. not you guys go to jail, I, like, I don't but it's shameful. It's frowned upon. <laughs> pissing in public is also illegal, Brian. <laughs> I've got a ticket for that. Steve, you know? It was a bad example, Steve. <laughs> I'm just saying it's immoral. <laughs> oh, it's in the country. Yeah. He everywhere I was going to say, I piss outside more than I piss inside. No one's ever seen me ever. I just oh, well, that's very by the woods. That's very Beaver County of you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Beaver County. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. My dad has not pissed indoors in probably 20 years. What is it with them? I don't know. They love he, doing he will, it. My dad loved doing will, that, too. He could be What's upstairs. He'll pass the bathroom, go down the stairs, <laughs> out the back porch, and piss off the back yeah. porch. And he's not Amish or Mennonite, right? This is no, not, no okay. not as far right. as I'm no, aware. It's not like he's yeah. going into like an outhouse and oh, pissing. Not even. No, it's like finding mm. a tree. You go to the tree line. Literally, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. he doesn't even do it with the tree line. He just literally pisses off the back porch. Oh, okay. There ain't no one back here. There ain't no one back here. It's good to have land. Yeah, it's, it's it's good to have land. Um, so yes, that's how it goes. That's what happened last month. Again, a bit of a bit of controversies happening in the I within the crew I don't here. I still see it as a controversy. I see I'm, it sure as like... I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't. Um, you rat bastard. Um, all right. So, so we know what that means. I get to yeah. choose the order here. You do get to choose the order in which we, um, and we, we didn't talk about them topics. in advance either. So we have not, we haven't talked about it in a little bit. So I actually have three in my mind just cause in the off chance that, um, you know, we, 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 uh, we, Cross streams, I guess. I don't know. I've pissed pissing on the mic. Is that a pee joke? <laughs> yeah, it's a pee yeah, joke. It's a joke. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's a pee joke. Got it. I, have, I have two because Jersey if one of you rat fucks me, then it's going to be trouble. Whoa. <laughs> All right, Meg, it's up to you. You got to tell us in what order we're going to vote. Or, I mean, we're going to select. Brian, because I hate you, you're going last. <laughs> <laughs> because you're a piece of dog shit, you're going last. All right, I'm going fair first. enough. Seems okay, going you're in the going middle. Okay, Hooray. fine, fine. All right, fuck. Steve's two, at least one, if not two of mine are going to get picked. That's all right. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm going for it. I'm just taking yeah. Rosemary's baby off the table. Son of a bitch. Right on. So that's one. I mean, that was one of my top three. Here goes the other one, Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Fuck you. That was my number one. <laughs> so I knew, Steve, if you went ahead of me, he was going to pick Prince of Darkness. And I knew, th- I knew the same thing of you. And if you went ahead of me, I would have been like, Brian, you rat fuck. And then we would have watched Toxic Avenger 3. I would have thrown a tantrum. <laughs> God damn you. I love Prince of Darkness so much. Um, Rosemary's Baby was actually my number three. Uh, Prince of Darkness was going to be number one. But I'm going to go with my number two, which is I guess it could be worse. And and we're we're picking a three bangers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, big time movies block. You know, I would say pillar movies of their various, you know, horror generations. I'm going with The Omen. OK, um, so that that yeah, that's just a goddamn creepy movie. I had a couple other like dark horse movies that I could have slid in there. But when you guys are picking Rosemary's baby and Prince of darkness, these are like juggernaut films. I gotta, I gotta mm-hmm. match the yeah. energy there. Um, Drew, do you have, do you have a favorite of those? Uh, I'm going to go ahead. Rosemary's baby is probably, See, I didn't even have to canvas him. You five bucks just to say yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have done it for less. So really she lost on that. But, um, you got clowned. No, that's not the most familiar with i saw the omen when i was like really young but it didn't mm. stick with me i know i yeah i don't i don't know that's the one where he gets stabbed with the cross drops down right 
Oh, well, uh, the, and and the hanging out the window, you know, okay, the, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. for you, Damien. And yeah. Yes. So, yeah, no. So Rosemary's Baby is the one I'm most familiar with. And mm. yeah, that's why I'm there. Wait, Brian. Yeah. Brian, are you doing the original or are you doing the 2006 remake that came out on 6606? <laughs> <laughs> what do you fucking think I'm doing, Steve? <laughs> it's the um, newer one. It, this is weird. We're we're actually going because uh, we we tend we tend to skew towards uh, uh, I tend to skew towards 80s movies. Meg tends to skew towards like more modern movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve's all over the damn place. We're going a movie from the 60s, a movie from the 70s, and a movie from the 80s. So Prince of Darkness in 1987 is the most uh, uh, That's uh, the newest recent yeah. film yeah. Uh, of the three, which is kind of kind of strange. There's not a, there's not a lot of good Satan films. The like yeah. my one dark horse pick that I was thinking of was uh, the Church. Oh yeah, that's a good one. It's a, it's a pretty decent one. It's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. If, it's a little slow. It's a little slow, but the payoff of Satan yeah. making cum face is pretty <laughs> dope. So yeah, I've seen it, but now I need to. It is. There's it's on to be. <laughs> it drags. It drags a little bit uh, at surprised. times. Um, yeah, I was thinking about, but also a bunch of ones that I was like, I I watched and had an impact on me. I was like, fuck, is it Satan or does it turn out to be like some like fucking second tier mm-hmm. like bitch ass demon? Yeah. I couldn't remember uh, for a lot of these ones, but in any case, uh, I think we got some we got three bangers here, very appropriate for September because September is full on spooky season. I don't give a shit what you say. Um, so we are getting into some damn devil ass movies, um, and you know we'll probably have a seance. We'll probably conjure things. We'll probably do some sex magic it's, it's if gonna i be, can it's gonna be awesome interject this might help mm-hmm. we're so i'm on my wi-fi in my home the title yeah. of my wi-fi is hail satan so. yeah, yeah, yeah it should be, no. it should be. <laughs> and so you know we're on that wi-fi we're sharing that you know collectively so I, that, oh yeah i can feel it yeah i mean my, through my loins my neighbors moved in next door uh whenever they did like a year ago and and uh forever they would go on their wi-fi and they'd see this one that said hail satan They're like who is hail satan <laughs> and, and one day he was like hey what's your wi-fi name i'm like it's hail satan he's like i knew it <laughs> so my neighbor he, he calls me satan i mean only satan he doesn't call me by my name i think he knows yeah. my name but he just this calls me satan ep- it's the wrong episode for you to be on i'm just I'm imagining sorry. also that every time you walk outside and your neighbor walks outside he just throws you the horns because you know oh, he, does. he knows what's up mm. oh he does oh he's cool he's down okay so yeah. all my like redneck ass neighbors like i make them call me his infernal majesty but they're not happy about <laughs> it like they right. are re- reluctant and i have to like i have to you know like i said i have to throw like <laughs> i was gonna say some really super vulgar we'll keep it so farther into the episode <laughs> when we next right, week right. when we get into full-on sex magic rituals um <laughs> all right so um yeah i i actually <laughs> recently was hosting a beer dinner um that they paid me to be at and when i walked in i sat at the front or you know the the podium is at the front and there was like a room full of tables and no one wants to sit up front. It's like when you're in class or something, you know, no one wants to sit in the front. Everyone goes towards the back and That's it's what normal. You think, Brian, you just smell real bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, we, we, we were, uh, there like were sulfur. actually Brussels sprout. Yeah. <laughs> Brussels sprouts present. Um, but anyway, uh, so this couple came in and they were one of the last ones in there and they sat right up front and the woman goes, she was like a Southern woman. And she goes, uh, you know, they always it's just like being in church 
everyone's sitting in the back. They don't want to come up front. They don't want to sit in that first pew. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she goes, but we all love God. We all love God. And she kept saying it as like a response. And I said, I'm more of a Satan guy. Oh. <laughs> which, I, which she, her husband was like, and then she was like, <laughs> she like hit Very him underneath the table. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely didn't know how to take it, uh, mm-hmm. which I uh, appreciated very much. See, um, at that point, Brian, what you really need to do is like start slow converting and, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, oh, how do you like I- I'm a part of the Church of the Morning Star. Yeah. So like it yeah, sounds pretty. sounds kind of, re- you know, mm-hmm. right religious, but not. But yeah. then, yeah, Church of the Morning Star. Then, you know, <laughs> I go straight into uh, satanic temple talk right right off the bat Um, there's no chill here (laughs) there's zero chill uh we are in a fucking marriott conference room at 3 p.m and i'm gonna talk to you about period blood and buckets of cum and alistair crowley and all types of shit Um, so you're talking about the sheets at the marriott (laughs) got him Take that, oh, Marion. Oh, <laughs> got that. Oh, burns you, dude. They have Fuck comfortable you, pillows. I mean, the pillows are nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, we're derailing <laughs> here. Um, all right. So we are not talking about that stuff today. We're talking about a completely different flick. Talking, uh, you know, about Drew coming on the show. We said, you know, what do you what do you want to talk about? Like, listen, uh, and and I want to. Tell us what movie we're talking about and then get it, get into Drew, you know, how kind of you got into horror and specifically maybe your connection with this movie. But, um, you know, a couple movies you threw out right off the bat because I you said, what are we going to talk about? I said, well, you're one of them damn rock and roll boys. Why don't we talk about uh, why don't we talk about like some sort of like music themed thing, you know, uh, you know, because there's so many good, you know, rock rock and roll horror movies whether it's heavy metal or you know we were just talking about uh uh what what's the some bitch's name steve we were just talking about last time the big jacked guy the thor uh john micklethor uh, john micklethor you know we 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 regularly talk about john micklethor on the podcast so a couple that steve, that uh drew throughout were uh rocky horror picture show and return of the living dead and we said, God damn, we have never done Return of the Living Dead, oddly <laughs> enough, because we all love this movie. So it, it felt like a, uh, a very apropos topic. So, yeah, I guess. Tell us about, you know, first of all, for those of you who don't know, you know, what type of music you guys do uh, or you have a few different projects that are relevant. Um, explain to listeners why that is <laughs> extraordinarily relevant. And then, you know what this movie means to you, you know, how, how you, how you came about maybe the first time you watched it or how it influenced you or whatever. Yeah. All right. That's a good intro. So, so right off the bat, um, how did I find the movie? So everyone is, is, is most, most of the listeners, you know, of this podcast for sure, but most people you talk to understand night of the living dead. So, right. you know, you go, you start there and Oh yeah. And then even a step further. Oh, I know George Romero. Like I've heard of his work. It's like, of course. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so I saw Night of the Living Dead and, you know, some time had gone by and I was aware of like Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Like I knew there were more. Okay, so I've seen those. But Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite bands, which is really no secret, maybe I don't know if all of all time probably is the Mm -hmm. Cramps. Mm -hmm. So if if anybody out there isn't aware, the Cramps have a tune called The Surf and Dead. And and, um, it's not as far as I've seen. I mean, I'm sure it's on a single, like on a 45 somewhere, but it's not on any of their albums or live mm. albums or anything. And I'm like, you know, where, how, where does this song exist other than the internet? Yeah. <laughs> and so 
I look it up and it's like, oh, it's on Return of the Living Dead. I'm like, what is Return of the Living Dead? And <laughs> to me, you know, I, I can't tell you. I don't know when this was. This was like I don't know, six, six, seven years ago. I'm not, I'm not quite mm. sure anymore. Um, yeah. And and I thought, well, all right, because I, I loved the song. And and then I looked it up and I'm like, it's weird. It it sounds like one of those George Romero films, but it's it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then yeah. if if you guys, I don't know if I'm, I'll just jump into it because yes, but. You, you find out like, okay, George Romero and, um, uh, oh, somebody help me with the, uh, the name. I think it's the, uh, Joe or John Russo. Uh, John Russo, Russ Russo. Yeah. John yeah. Russo, John Russo, um, yeah. or Jack Russo, however he goes. But mm. so he's the co-writer. Mm. And after they filmed that one, I mean, I wikied all this at the time and they, they kind of went separate directions with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so not to get too in the weeds, but the point is it's like George Romero kept his franchise, did his thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Like 10 years goes by and John Russo writes a book called Return of the Living Dead, which mm-hmm. uh, four years later would be adapted into the film that now we all know and love. Um, mm-hmm. So that is how it was through the cramps that I found Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because it for me, it was the opposite way around where I got turned up because the cramps are one of my favorite bands of all time, too. But I got turned on from the movie, like hearing oh, the song in the awesome. movie. So it was it was kind of in, in reverse there. And then I had definitely seen like YouTube videos, whatever, of like Lux Interior, you know, doing wild shit on stage and stuff. But I <laughs> yeah. never really made the connection. It was the same guy. Yeah. So, you know, probably I was in college or something like that. Um, but yeah, this this song. Oddly enough, because it's not on one of their like albums, but if you put um, probably maybe besides Human Fly, this is the one that comes up most frequently in the in the like, uh, uh, you know, streaming services and shit, which is weird. Uh, yeah. And it's odd, I don't know why. oddly, I mean, pertaining to you, your guys podcast is, is like <laughs> the cramps has horror baked in, but that's, you know, you got Human Fly. OK, right there. Right. It's a yeah. horror movie. Surfing Dead right in there on Living Dead. So it's like one of their most horror songs too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, I, I've seen, I've seen you perform, I think at least a few times now and we'll again next month, um, at, uh, at can jam for those of you who are in the greater Pennsylvania area, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, whatever, if you're in walking distance, first of all, if you like to play can jam, if you're like a, uh, if you're Meg, right. And you're like, you live for Frisbee, you live for the disc. I do have a can jam story from this week. So <laughs> come, okay. come on out. We have the largest can jam tournament in the goddamn world yeah. uh, in beautiful Pottstown, Pennsylvania. But then we also have a great uh, uh, kind of music festival that goes along with it. Uh, Drew in the blue will be playing at that on September 24th, which I'm super excited about. I just saw you guys uh, not that long ago at Reading. Um, yeah, the uh, distilling, guild. distilling company or distilling guild. That's right. Yeah. Um, and if you've seen Drew perform, uh, yeah, the cramps influence. I think I've saw you uh, lick the microphone on many occasions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's blood. I've seen blood flying from your body into the yeah. crowd wow. before. <laughs> yeah. And that's like not, no, and I'm not doing that intentionally. Like the licking is that's intentional, but um, <laughs> yeah. the, the bleeding is not. The bleeding is yeah. not. It's no, a, no, it's it's not. Uh, yeah, it's. it's I'm not, not up like, there cutting myself. I'm not recreating what many have done before me. <laughs> no, you're not Gigi Allening it or no. like flaring it or anything. Definitely not like shitting that. on the floor for sure. No, no, I couldn't. That's not me. 
I am. <laughs> You're shy. You're too shy for that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kept guy. I try to look, you know, look all right. I'm decent. a shy boy. I can't be sticking bananas up my ass. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. Not for the sake of the show, anyhow. Yeah, um, yeah Drew, I think that when I, when I saw that happen was when, so uh, again, for those of you who aren't familiar, Drew sings in the band, but also plays drums which is a unique combination, but also does so standing up. So you're kind of just ripping up there. And I think you just kind of like smacked your hand off the, yeah. uh, off the rim of the drum or something. And that's, blood was flying. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's just a yeah. very, if you, if you have seen us or you look us up, like if you YouTube us, that's like the easiest way to, to quickly understand what, what it looks like. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of unconventional. Um, I'm not the first person to stand in drums, so let's say that, but mm-hmm. the way I come down on the drum, sometimes I miss, or uh, I hit, but I also hit my hand at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And so then the drum heads just have blood stains because um, <laughs> I'm not going to ch- I don't need to change them. They're still good for a while. So the, typically yeah. speaking, they're there for a month or two and they just have blood all over them. But, he just yeah. has very strategic owls built into the songs. <laughs> yeah, people think, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I had, I had kind of a fun afternoon cause I was listening to you guys and then, but also like Brian's talked, obviously talked about you guys before. And it reminded me of, uh, Ed Schrader's music beat. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. No, no. The, I'm not sure uh, that they're is. out of Baltimore, but they're also like very similar. And like Ed Schrader is a stand up drummer. So like, he, oh. yeah, <laughs> but, um, oh, dude, that's cool. if you've ever seen the short adult swim film called untitled, uh, unedited footage of a bear. No, <laughs> I have seen. That. Okay, so I've right, you know. thought about it in a long time. I'm going to make yeah. a note right now. Okay. The, the, the song in that is uh, by Ed Schrader's music beat, but yeah, oh, check it out. Yeah, it's a good reference what? for some people. Brian got it, but yeah. what was yeah. the name of that one more time? The unedited what? Unedited footage of a bear. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm very curious. I've about been this. going back down that rabbit hole coincidentally recently. Like last night on the drive home from we were over at some friend's house, and you know all their kids, our kids are running around uh, being like a maniacs. And then on the way home to keep them awake on the drive home. So they didn't fall asleep. And I have to carry them into the house. I just introduced them to Brack. Oh God. And oh. Space Coast, Coast to Coast. Oh. I just played every song, every Brack song I could on my phone on the way home. And they were fucking losing. It. I forgot Amazing. about that. Oh man. Well, oh, my buddy put, like, he, 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 like, you know, you trade CDs with your buddies when you're growing up. He, mm-hmm. I swear there was a Brack song on, I can't remember which one it was now. It was, it was mm. mildly irritating, you know, yeah, they all are yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, but I mean, again, especially for, uh, you know, six and in the soon to be eight year old, they thought it was fucking, you know, a masterpiece, which, I, uh, but I just, before we jump into the, um, well, we're in the movie, but no, I want to say about your guys can jam while we're just while we're on. It's like the quickest. Yeah, plug. Yeah, yeah. But last year, so your guys, uh, your guys company. Um, yeah. Sly Fox was cool to have us, um, which, by the way, not just cool to have us, but cool to have us two years in the making because this was back in uh, 2020. Yeah. Last um, time we did it because. It yes. Because all the Corvids. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys were like, I mean, a handful of people can kept their their. um there's no contract, but kept their like shows together. And we're like, Hey, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. it's been two years, but you guys still want to do this. I'm like, yeah, I still want to do mm. this. And, and, yeah. and your company was one of them, which is awesome. So my point was after that, uh, you had start making sense. The talking heads tribute. Yeah. 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 Those yeah. folks were nice to come watch our show at the very end. And because of that show, we actually were able to travel with them and we went up to Buffalo. I remember you saying um, that. Yeah. yeah. They, they've been hooking us up left and right just with, with cool shows with like meeting new venues and like, 
I mean, all because of that Sly Fox can jam. And now, you know, you're nice to have us back and we're on the. Yeah, we were. I mean, we were like, we're. So that's the nice thing about this is there's just like three of us. It's just like me and Pete and Corey are like making decisions. So we're just selfishly (laughs) trying to book bands that we like. We're like, do you think other people are like these? We're like, "Ah, I don't know. I hope so. Um, But you guys were on the, you know, we were like, we got to get you guys up on, on the big stage as well because you guys just. Yeah, it's you guys just fucking tread. So. I didn't even realize. And, and you're, you know, I I forget the name of your. Uh, sorry, I'm interrupt you. But no, I forget that. Gen- the, the 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 whole band's awesome, but the um, oh Mandy, yeah, Mandy's mm-hmm. awesome, and, and Taylor. Uh, Taylor, that was the other name I, I couldn't remember. Um, yeah, he's just, and they're both fantastic. But uh, holy shit, can that guy play the uh, the the guitar? He like, shreds. Holy shit, he's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna stop gushing and just embarrassing myself <laughs> by talking about your band. You just gotta put um, your boner away. I know. <laughs> well, I'm sitting down. I'm sitting down. Um, all right, so it should be really fun. Yeah, come on, check check us out uh, 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 on the 24th if you want to come out and see that damn band and a whole bunch of other bands um, that aren't as important. All right, so uh, <laughs> we kidding. love everybody coming. We love all the people <laughs> there. Um, all right, so. Uh, let's get into this son of a bitchin' movie. Uh, once again, uh, Return of the Living Dead, 1985, the year of our Lord, uh, the year your boy was born. Uh, born oh. of Tubi, uh, actually. Coincidentally, <laughs> my father is Tubi. Uh, or at least I like this to evolved, pretend that's dude. the case. This is literally evolved. Uh, yeah, it's, it is our sacred text. It is my I, I, like equivalent of the New Testament, uh, which is the streaming service Tubi. Um, we, we typically equate it to, it is the streaming equivalent of like that super grimy, sticky, disgusting, smoke-filled, like VHS rental store under a bridge <laughs> like that's Tubi is the streaming equivalent of that like if Netflix is blockbuster and you know uh, Shutter is family video or something Tubi is the fucking grimy place that's just called rental yeah um, and there's tons of porn like a alarming amount of porn that you can definitely see from the front door um, they haven't figured out how to do virtual tanning beds yet but they'll get there <laughs> Yeah, tan- I assume most of Tubi's revenue comes from CBD yeah. now, uh, which is what all good rental stores still do. Um, yeah, so uh, it is free on Tubi. So again, if you haven't downloaded Tubi, you're just your your life's trash. You should probably go do that. Um, and this movie is fucking free on there. Like like Drew kind of alluded to. Um, this is something that was very much born of the Living Dead franchise, the the George A. Romero Living Dead franchise. But kind of, you know, what happened was there was that agreement, like like you mentioned, between George Romero and and kind of Russ Striner slash John Russo, like kind of the production side of the business where they said, we can't agree on what we want to do next. So you guys can go off and make your own movies with living dead in the title um but then we are going to make the direct sequels um the the dawn of the dead the day of the dead um type of thing so so george romero was on board with that kind of flight path and then russ streiner and john russo uh kind of took it in the other direction um coincidentally uh, we just talked about Life Force, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. Uh, Big Booby Space Vampires, <laughs> um, last week, which movie, f- that movie fucking rules, which we we established, um, directed by one Mr. Toby Hooper. They had Toby Hooper on board for this 
film to direct this film. Um, and then he, there was a lot of discrepancy with the, I, I guess the original, um, uh, uh, a story, the original script that Russ Streiner and John Russo wrote, um, I was a little bit too close maybe to, to the night of the, the original night of the living dead. Toby Hooper really wasn't on board with it. Um, Toby Hooper ended up leaving to do life force, um, instead of this movie. And then they brought on the great, uh, uh, Dan O'Bannon to direct it. And this was his first ever, this is his directorial yeah. debut. And he, he had only I mean, it was really his only movie he directed. I mean, I think there's a couple shorts and some other bullshit that I don't know anything about, <laughs> but he's really well known as a writer. Right. Um, he wrote Dark Star, which is John Carpenter's first feature length film. He, of course, wrote Alien. By f- I mean, he's still I mean, he's passed away. I, you know, I want to say 10 years ago, probably yeah, he passed away in uh, 2009. Yeah. So he he's super dead, but he's still collecting, <laughs> which is one of the sequels, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be if it's not. He is still collecting writer's credits for all the characters for, for all the created. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but in any case, he did Dead and Buried. He wrote Life Force, which Toby Hooper left this movie to go direct. He wrote Invaders from Mars. He wrote Total Recall. I mean, just like, you know, some some huge, huge genre films he 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 uh, he was a writer of. Um, this one's kind of unique in that, I mean, dark star is definitely like a black comedy kind of thing, I would say, or has some, some, um, uh, it's not a straight horror is what it, yeah. no, it's not a straight horror. It's like a sci-fi horror comedy. Like there's some levity in there. Mm-hmm. Invaders from Mars has a little bit of that, but this is like a straight up black horror. Um, this is like a black comedy. I mean, like black horror comedy, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it, it, it's kind of, a a, a, a weird, trajectory kind of thing to, to get to this movie but um well i mean uh isn't dead and buried also that's a that's a bit of a oh yeah i forgot about yeah. dead and buried which i just it's mentioned little, two seconds ago a little ago. bit of a comedy bender. there's some jokiness yeah. in there so yeah. yeah i think dan o'bannon is just a really good underrated writer and he didn't get i don't know he just he just didn't seem to get the career that he should have Mm-hmm. You know, you think Alien and you think Total Recall. I mean, obviously, those are huge, mm-hmm. you know, iconic films and they're just dead serious. But like, yeah, surprised to see that he didn't branch off into like maybe more comedy or something like that. But yeah. oh, but yeah, so we, we, we talked about the soundtrack a little bit, which we'll get to in a sec. But th- this is a really unique cast. <laughs> it's like um, <laughs> it, it's got people who are like old character actors and even like commercial actors from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, like, uh, like clue, <laughs> clue Gulliger, um, which is just, first of all, his name's clue. C L U. Like that's the, that's a great name. Uh, that's a great actor name. Um, you've got, uh, James Karen who, uh, again, character guys through and through, uh, James Karen, if you are anything like me and you like to just watch like, uh, compilations of old like 70s and 80s commercials james oh, karen geez. is on every single one of them i think <laughs> he sold fucking a1 steak sauce and fucking <laughs> crest toothpaste like everything um and then don kalfa you know was pretty young at this not young but younger than them at this point and then went on to be like a really recognizable character actor man i, I tell you before i looked to some of the actors were you know however mm-hmm. long ago and at I, I had to interject to say this for a while in my head. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's Sam Raimi's brother. <laughs> like that's Ted, that's Ted Raimi. It's not Ted Raimi. <laughs> they don't look that alike, but in my mind, I don't know what drew me to something. I was like, that's... now that you say that, like, yeah, he kind of look like Ted Raimi a little bit, but I think he looks and, like um, Ted Raimi you know, now. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. In 1985, Ted Raimi, not, but yes, he looks like Ted Raimi now. That's a great, that's a great way of putting it. But he does, he has some of the same, some of the same features. So his eyes, like, they kind of bug out mm-hmm. a little. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I don't, and then my, I'm like, oh, well, Raimi, he's in the horror franchise, then it must be yeah. the guy. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I did not assume here live. <laughs> that would, I guarantee you, there are people who have, like, you're not the first one to make that association, guarantee. Like, now that I see I it, mean, I'm like, oh, yeah, he got it. Does. <laughs> um, but you have you have these old, you know, old guard kind of actors, like old classically trained, trained actors. And then you have this, like, what are na- at the time would have been, you know, n- really basically unknown for the most part people um that have now become you know horror royalty like tom matthews and linnea quigley i i would say even i would even go as far as to say maybe this or um demon knight are probably the movies that i most associate linnea quigley with mm-hmm. it's, um, it's definitely this one for me this i yeah. mean this you know this changed probably most teenage hetero boys' uh, lives around <laughs> and as well as any buyer pan women out there. Yeah. So I honest to God remember being heartbroken when I learned that that was a Merkin. Like that that was not because she goes full frontal. Yeah. Okay. In this movie, when it quickly does, which she's well known that like that's her thing. She loves it. Like she is she that she uh, uh, embraces that role very much in in her career, um, but this is the first time I remember seeing it, and I was like, "She's butt ass naked, dancing <laughs> on top of a freaking in a cemetery." Yeah. And then I learned, uh, which we do whenever possible, do discuss. You know, a, a, we 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 appreciate a good a good merc, bit of Merkin work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we even have a shirt that says Merkin work yeah. on it somewhere. Yes. Um, we have, we have a punk styled <laughs> shirt called Birkin work as if it's a yeah, punk band. Thought that was a good band name. Um, in any case. Yeah. But she just, she just goes off uh, in that scene, which we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more deeply here in a moment. Um, you have to bring me up to speed this Merkin work. This is the first oh, one. So a Merkin is uh, essentially if you, uh, it's the, uh, uh, the pubic equivalent mm-hmm. of a, uh, to pay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I understand. I understand. So yes. there was there was something going on down on that region. There was there mm-hmm. was a oh yeah, that wasn't her uh her real parts. I mean, right. I think I'm pretty sure that was that may or may not have been her butt from behind. Uh and obviously, you know, she was uh, you know, naked from the waist up. Sure. But uh, that she had some sort of uh, covering type of situation that did not expose her her uh, you know pubic region in the movie, which okay. it's it's fooled the hell out of me as a kid. I'll say that. Like I, I was hook that's... line and sinker. I just want to meet the person who like came up with that idea. It's like, <laughs> no, we want you to be naked, but I don't want to be naked. I don't want you to see anything. Here's an idea. Have you mm. seen a toupee before? <laughs> and now we have. Do you the think murky. the first one they used like the wrong textured hair? Like they used like like straight long hair. It, was just it looked like a loincloth. Like, yeah, cousin it. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, yeah. The first one was hanging down the front. The first one was built out of a broom, so it was just <laughs> straight stick out bristles. Yeah. You like, but was, they like put it on and then cut yeah. it out to like match yeah. and like fit perfectly. I'm just watching. I'm just watching this go on in my mind right now. It's weird. Yeah, 
I wonder if that helps the rating. Like, is that what, you know, what is the, maybe what, what you said, Meg, like, is it, Mm. oh, I don't want to be naked. Well, okay, here's like a sleeve or something over top, you know, or a sheath. But then is it a word? It's like, oh, it's not rated X. It's rated R. It's because the Mm -hmm. the thing, you know, I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, especially back in 1985, like what's going to, what's going to get you that, that M rating, you know what I mean? Mm. Or that NC 17 rating. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, they definitely wanted to avoid that. You might be onto something because this actually released the same summer as Day of the Dead. Um, uh, in fact, like a month after that, which was kind of kind of weird. Um, and it was interesting because this movie only had a f- not only I mean, it's a significant. But by 1985 standards, like there's a lot of movies, um, you know, Gremlins 2. Uh, this was a four million dollar budget. Gremlins 2 is a 40 million dollar budget. So you get you kind of get like it's not a huge budget film, but they had some significant, you know, dollars behind it. But they shot it in six weeks um, and it released a month after Day of the Dead. So it was up against its kind of, you know, spiritual predecessor in a lot of ways. But this actually, <laughs> I think I looked up, this one did about 14 million um, in domestic, like domestic uh, gross. And um, I think Day of the Dead only did like five. Like it dramatically, wow. like it was a critical, critically panned uh, early on sure. as movies like this <laughs> often are but it like exponentially outsold uh uh day of the dead in the box office hmm. interesting That's which wild. was surprising yeah. yeah for me to i mean it was an orion flick like it was a decent you know it was a decent size house like they obviously probably had some promotional dollars and stuff behind it but um you got in yeah. any case, you gotta wonder if that was just like due to like the amount of theaters they were able to get in because yeah. like if they like you said they're with Orion so they had decent distribution but like what was Day of the Dead's distribution back then I don't know might have been a lot less yeah. I don't know so I don't, I don't know. know they didn't get those that wampum crowd out like they wanted to for Day of the Dead I guess um, <laughs> the old wampum but, mine crowd <laughs> <laughs> that old wampum mine crowd uh, coming up out of the mine straight in the theaters um, yeah so. Uh, uh, the other person I didn't mention who was like, I think a relative newcomer at the time, but she played the kind of straight laced teen, which they never explain why you get this group, which we'll, we'll talk about all of them in a second. That includes, you know, Tom Matthews, Linnea Quigley, which are all these like, like super aggressive punk kids. Um, and then you have Beverly Randolph as Tina, who's this kind of skipper like, you know, persona. Um, and she's just she's part of the gang kind of thing. Then they don't they I don't know. They never really exp- I would love to have hear, heard the backstory of how those, you know, she became kind of part of that group. But um, we'll get into it a little bit. But it's it, like Greece, Greece three. Yeah, is what I, you know, in a way. This is I did not make that comparison. This is alarmingly similar narrative. <laughs> it's to Greece. Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. She's Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, because I think. Yeah. Oh um, wow! Yeah, R.I.P. Good call. Yeah. Well, so the same to Clue Gulliger because he did he did just pass as well. I think within the oh, same really? yeah, within the uh, same week, I believe maybe. But wow, I really thought he had been. I just assumed he was again super dead, um, just because he was you know up there uh, even even you know when this came right. out freaking yeah thirty seven years ago. Yeah. Um, so but, I think I think kind of the the, the dynamic is because. Uh, Freddie is the she's dating Freddie because right. you have she's you Freddy's, have this weird yeah. like you're saying you have this weird 80s mishmash so like trash mm. and scuzz and suicide they're obviously all the fucking bad kids 
yeah and yeah. and uh uh spider of course <laughs> who uh mm-hmm. yeah. who uh he died unceremoniously in the friday the 13th part five new beginning he, who was he in part five i believe he was the older brother the older brother of oh, the young wow. of the young kid who they go okay. visit in the trailer park and he which, which, and he gets the enchilada diarrhea okay you got me yeah yeah yeah. no wow i did not make i i would never have made that connection i haven't watched that one in in a hot sack but uh Mm -hmm. yeah but uh yeah so all of those guys i i bet freddie is friends with them and then Mm -hmm. tina brings along those two other like they're dressed in like hoop skirts or whatever and like zoot suits like it can still, yeah, it's, it's like Drew said, it's a real grease clash of the <laughs> styles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I guess that's right. It, it just, I guess for whatever reason, I mean, potentially they've been dating for, for a while. I don't know why I feel the need to like really draw out a long backstory associated with these characters, but, um, because it doesn't make sense. It's crazy visually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but, uh, speaking of Beverly Randolph as Tina, um, a lot of horror stories out there of how much of just a giant piece of shit dan o'bannon was to the entire cast including her (laughs) for the entire production um i guess he just like tortured her in a you know almost like a uh uh you know the shining uh you know kubrick-esque type of way Hmm. where he just like made her do the scene where she like face plants into the water Uh like into that big puddle um he i guess he made her do that like dozens of oh. times and it was oh, just wow. like this yeah uh they a lot of people really disliked his uh his directing style he was a little he was a little bristly i guess um perhaps that's <laughs> why he only directed two films then <laughs> so yeah 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 his his directing um career was short-lived but um yeah so so real quick before we get into the plot um besides surf and dead uh by the cramps probably the most well-known song um uh, uh, dead. I think it's called Deadbeat Dance by the Damned. Another great, uh, great one on this uh, on this soundtrack. Party Time by oh, I think the band's called Grave. I don't think I've ever heard another song by Grave. I think it's Grave Forty Five, uh, and it's Grave Forty Five. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I they're a blind spot for me. I have no idea who the hell they are, but this the song fucking rips yeah. <laughs> and like when the freaking skeleton sits up out of the grave or comes up out of the grave and they're playing it. I mean, that was, I remember, I remember watching that as a kid going, Holy, what the fuck is happening right that, now? That yeah. intro is like equivalent to the glass breaking in stone cold, Steve Austin coming out. It's how awesome <laughs> and iconic it is. I love it. Yeah. Oh man. Just I, like- I like to pretend that skeleton is the Texas rattlesnake. <laughs> like they just in a different, you know, um, area of the cosmos. You want a party? A what? <laughs> <laughs> I drank a beer. I drank another beer. Um, I ate some brains. What? I bite your skull. What? <laughs> That's a That's t-shirt. Great. We're going to have to get on that one. Um, and then uh, another song, which uh, uh, I think it's called Nothing For You by T-S-O-L. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's kind of a banger too. Um, there's a lot of great songs on this one i feel like this being such like a very music heavy uh movie i learned um because actually i was talking to my buddy yesterday about this movie and he told me about send more paramedics it's like this like english thrash band that Mm. i clearly is like very derivative from this movie and stuff like that i I, they're fucking they rip i was like listening to them earlier today and they're really fun too 
just seeing how like other bands can be influenced by music is pretty sick. I'm sure there is so many like every line in this movie probably has a band. Yeah. Like yeah. a corresponding I, band associated with it. I thought Split Dogs would actually be a really great band name. You'd think. <laughs> Split Dogs. <laughs> Bisected Puppy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I was thinking about was when party time comes on, because generally speaking, like that that genre like I can get into it and stuff, but it's not the first thing I turn on. Like, like that. the kind of cock rockish type of yeah, metal. It, it's yeah. leaving. It's leaving that like glam rock or I hate put. I hate to. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to like put it in a genre. It's leaving that and it's getting into this. I don't know. It's leaving like that hair metal eighties thing. But yeah. but le- I'm just trying to picture, man. If you were in the movie theater and you see that skeleton and then party time comes on, like. <laughs> You're leaving that movie theater so pumped. Like, yeah, it just it was like that's like a perfect ending. I mean, the whole the whole soundtrack, like all of it is fun. And I actually I only knew a handful like TSOL, obviously, you know, very popular. But the rest of it, Mm. I just learned from there. I mean, whatever I know about music is it was not deep enough to I wasn't prepared for the movie. (laughs) Yeah. What is I'm struggling right now. I'm I'm pretty familiar with TSOL. Like I know a few of their songs, but I can't think what the acronym stands for. It's I don't know. Oh my god! Um, it's driving me nuts right now. Um, it's something. Si- I'll think. True of it. sounds of liberty. That's mm. it. I knew. Yeah, I knew it was something that sounded like really kind of strangely maggoty. Um, right. <laughs> which obviously is <laughs> complete coincidence. Oh but, man, we're ruining this band for a lot of people right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would confuse it with with Jello Biafra all the time. I don't know if I thought they looked similar. Um, the lead from TSOL. He does look a little bit like him. Yeah. It was, and it was that like having that political punk thing going on. Mm-hmm. So that was like, mm-hmm. of course, it stands for whatever. True Sounds of Liberty is like okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I that I, one I that one to be fair I looked up. Okay. I, <laughs> I was honestly, about to. I yeah. honestly thought. Too, like when I saw a picture of them, I think I saw that too because I was like, he's got the sleeves rolled up, you know, of the on the t-shirt. And I think I had that same internal like thought of like, wait, is that Jello? Is that the guy from the yeah, is that the guy from Ted Kennedy? He's still um, relevant. He's still moving and grooving. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. He was on a he oh, was yeah. on, you know, Portlandia a little bit ago. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a drummer uh, on there. I forget his name. Um, uh uh oh, Fred the, Armisen. Yes, Fred, yeah, yeah, another yeah. drummer. And uh, what's her name that from uh, Slater Kinney? Uh, what's her name? Uh, she's the other pr- Brown Brownstein something. Brown- Carrie Brownstein. Carrie Brownstein. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So a uh, little little bit. We we won't get you know super deep into the plot of this movie, but I think you know setting up you know some of the characters discuss and and some of the fucking lines. There's so many good quotable lines in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, so this is oddly enough. And Steve, I remember you when I was on your podcast steve has a podcast called hop nation usa is beer you know beer centric podcast um i was on uh a couple years ago before we even talked about doing this show and you had a um a trivia we did like a horror movie trivia because i i was uh, i think being a smart ass and said like you were like hey you want to come on the show it was like yeah but we can't talk about beer we are only gonna talk about horror movies and sandwiches which is what we (laughs) talked about the whole time um and uh one of these, uh, which I think you stumped me on, which was, what is the setting for this movie? And I think some one of them was something about like the tar man and then something else was what the setting is for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. It's based in, oddly enough, set in Louisville, Kentucky, but shot in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which is such a weird. Yeah, it's such a weird choice. Yeah. I have, I still to this day don't know why that choice was. Yeah, like doing doing research on uh, Russo. Mm. I guess he went to he went to he's a WVU alum. Oh, okay. No, hmm. I didn't know that. So, but that doesn't explain why he you know would go to <sighs> Louisville. Isn't John Carpenter <laughs> from Kentucky? Maybe, maybe it's something to do with, you know, his relation. I, I don't know. It's a stretch, but yeah, I was, yeah, blo- it's I was such a weird pick. Yeah. <laughs> it takes place on 4th of July weekend in Louisville, Kentucky, <laughs> which is just such a strange, yeah. strange which thing. Is, it's why it goes out of hand because it's 4th of July. The boss wants to go home for the party. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the I just onset. Googled, I just yeah. Googled this whole thing about Louisville and it all I'm, all I'm seeing now is that he chose it because it was offbeat and that no one would place this type of film in Louisville. Oh, so it was like, just like, it was almost just a smart ass thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to put it in, yeah, uh, contrarian type of thing. But mm-hmm. um, it starts out at, uh, uh, you know, it starts out, you know, it says like July 3rd, you know, you need a medical supply warehouse um, in uh, 19, doesn't it, is it say 1985? trying to remember what the, I think so. yeah i think it's 1984 1985 anyway it tells you what time it is yeah and then it gives you the time stamp you know always sunny style um but they have uh y- you get introduced to the foreman of this warehouse frank and he's kind of trying to impress the like young you know uh employee freddie um by showing him there's this big like drum of essentially like toxic some sort of toxic waste type of military surplex type type of thing. And you come to learn that it's called uh trioxin is whatever type of like chemical. It was supposed to be like some sort of chemical weapon, I think is the implication, right? Um, they said it was, they said it was developed by the army to, uh, to spray on marijuana. Yeah. So it was like a war on drugs type of <laughs> yeah, chemical. That's right. Is that that's in the right. movie that they say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know how I yeah. missed that part. Wow. Yeah. Hey, it's in there. <laughs> so they do it's in the basement of this building and he's kind of trying to, you know, um trying to like kind of show off a little bit, you know what I mean, to to the young kid. And uh they they accidentally unleash, you know, and and this like there's a corpse inside this tank <laughs> that basically just like has been assumedly preserved in some capacity because it's like an airtight vessel, but then when it opens up, it just like basically melts and just like turns into this insane gas it oxid it oxidizes yeah rapidly <laughs> like, like oxidizes beer. yeah like beer but it rapidly bad. so yeah <laughs> goes bad yeah it got stale the whole the the dude got stale in uh over the years in there we have a new and off then, flavor descriptor it is called rotting flesh it's trioxin uh <laughs> it's actually the chemical compound um but yeah so it uh uh you know it just kind of melts the 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 body that's in there and then um this crazy noxious poison gas you know it's kind of you know uh like from joe dirt where he's like poison mustard gas oh no and it just melts the room <laughs> and then this other cadaver that's stored there because it's this medical you know where else so they have all these like cadavers and and you know animals that are used for medical experimentation and all this stuff more merkin this work ca- on the cadaver am i correct yes <laughs> okay i want to make yeah, sure this, i'm with it now see that the cadaver was almost like um alien man just fully rubber yeah, yeah. it was like yeah. it, it, it was almost like a ken doll like a life-size ken doll <laughs> like a um, man but just with yellow. a dad bod yeah it was very it was a very weird decision and then 
Um, the the special effects are very charming in this point because uh, this is a nice way of putting it because when you go from him running around the cadaver to when they're like chopping his head off it looks like they just got one of those like cpr dummies almost yeah. to, like, put it in there for a second <laughs> um, but again it's very it's very charming and the best part about it is the 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 you know freddie and frank are just they're just owning it. They're going fucking full bore into this scene, like this comedy mm-hmm. of errors type of thing that's happening. Um, but yeah, they run away. And then you get, you do get your, your bisected dog that gets back to life, comes back to life and is essentially like mounted and cut in half, but it's like yipping and they just start <laughs> smacking it with a stick or a pipe or something. Um, it's like I said, it's very, it's very black comedy because it's like this parts, parts that are like, really genuinely creepy and and kind of disturbing but it's all like played for like scenarios are played for laughs but the the actors are playing it super straight which is right. just kind of a, kind of a, a fun combination yeah mm-hmm. which is one of those things where like if for a kid this movie's terrifying mm-hmm. but for an adult this movie's a riot mm-hmm. yeah like but like you're saying like there's so many great gags in this like a kid would be horrified that you're hitting a half dog with a hammer <laughs> oh yeah it's a hammer it's like a bulping hammer right. yeah <laughs> but i mean you see you see the uh, the butterfly board for you know the entomologist oh my god yeah and the, and the butterflies have come back and, and they're, they're flapping as they're and, the, and that's funny yeah. like it's just a funny little gag yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i don't great, know if you guys I, I feel like what was great even to that point was even just if you're watching it and then you just like look at the other characters like where your eyes should go but then turning and seeing what the other actors are doing like with their faces i was just cracking <laughs> up the whole time because i felt like there was this really fun almost caricature dramatization at times where i'm like mm-hmm. these guys are all theater people you know it is cartoon yeah, so they are like projecting to the back of the fucking auditorium yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah it's very cartoonish and and almost stage productiony like uh mm-hmm. you're, you're you're very right um yeah but that's one of the most charming parts yeah frank and freddie pretty much do not stop throughout the whole film oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah. not. dude it's yeah it's distracting like i mean and, and, and like it's distracting in a way where the when they really when it starts getting nuts the screams from them go till they die <laughs> yeah freddie because freddie yeah. feel for freddie yeah. yeah oh dude that part like other than the dogs getting smacked around that was sad but <laughs> when he takes his ring off i'm like oh man like or, or for frank for frank um yeah, yeah. when you know yeah. before he uh, we could do all there's no spoilers here right when no, he puts no. himself yeah it's a 1985 movie okay if you good watched right. it, yeah. <laughs> this movie's older than meg <laughs> it's older than yeah. me it's well yeah. anyways man it was uh no it was so but he's screams the entire time like everything he does from the point of finding the till the gas explodes till his death it's only yeah. screams from everything's an exclamation point <laughs> yeah it's very distracting yeah it's almost a uh, a graphic novel come to life kind of thing um yeah. even with just like the bright colors and you know the wardrobes and it's just yeah i fucking love this movie I mean, it was a book you know it's a 1979 book and then adapt so i mean I have, oh yeah you're right you did yeah. mention that and i've never read the book and actually me neither until you said that i didn't realize it was it was a book um but i would be interested to i imagine if you know i imagine it was probably one of those like you know pulpy paperback type of thing so it's probably a quick read yeah uh, mm-hmm. but i should i should i gotta look it's probably one of those ones where you try to find the novelization of it and to get like an original copy because it was only printed once it's like four hundred dollars on fucking ebay or something 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yeah you- 
you made me think of you, you talked about the chemical compound from a well, I guess it was for the military, but it's mm-hmm. it's funny. And what you just say about finding the book, it reminds me of Resident Evil's T virus. Mm, All right, be- yeah. because mm-hmm. there's always like it's you know it's it's human error, right? From this, yeah, right. you know, and and as a bio weapon or whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> and so you have that with Resident Evil, and the reason it popped in my head was the chemical. But thinking about uh, I don't know nostalgia, I w- I went to buy the trilogy of Resident Evil one, two, and three. Oh yeah, and this was like ten years ago. They weren't that bad, man. They were, it was like sixty bucks for the trilogy, and I was like, That's, I'll definitely buy that. I, yeah. I mean, but again, you try to find it now. It's like the original PS one, like, you know, all those things. Oh yeah. The minute it starts to get a little cool, it's just, you can't find it. I know. Yeah. I, I have the director's cut of the original one, which wasn't the original release for, for PlayStation. And I don't even own a PlayStation anymore. Um, the fat box, like the tall box. Uh, it, it was, um, the one I have is, is just a, like a regular kind of jewel case type of one. Okay. But it's, it's got, uh, it just it it has the that like shitty cartoonish art that really isn't in the show at, or in the game at all. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it just says director's cut. I I don't know what makes it the director's cut, but that's the one that I uh, <laughs> that's the one that I own. Hold on, <laughs> um, yeah, that was the first Resident Evil Two was the first game. I faked sick to stay home from school to play. Nice. I remember <laughs> like pretending I was sick so I could stay home and and finish that game. Worth it. Oh, so fucking good. Um, so pretty quick, they're joined by their boss, uh, Bert, which until I was like writing down the plot synopsis, I did not make the connection of the, the guy who works at the mortuary, which he goes and talks him into burning the body, uh, which I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but his name's Ernie. I never made the connection. It was Bert and Ernie before. This. Oh, wow. oh. Hmm. I completely didn't until I started taking notes and saw Bert and Ernie. So you like, wrote it down next I side by side. Down, I never made the connection. Um, but did really they have funny. the same type of relationship as Bert and Ernie? You know, assumedly they, yeah, right. I assume like now I'm thinking about it. Like, Oh wait, did they have like a long-term domestic? I love it. Relationship. They this might movie have. is just finding more ways to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's mentioned that they have like a 25 year friendship mm. yes yes so, so we yeah. are trying to appeal to the kids here i was gonna say right. the implication mm-hmm. is they they were in a relationship is that what like we're like it's it's interesting i don't know that they're in a relationship but they definitely something like where they've been friends mm-hmm. for it's a, a long, long time you know yeah. it's a situation, a situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to like i imagine if bert and ernie were on like social media they would be listed as in a relationship but it's complicated <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Because like, they sleep in different beds. But not anymore. Well, er- not anymore. It wouldn't be complicated anymore. <laughs> well, no, they no. sleep in different beds, though. I don't know. Okay. I know not that every couple needs to sleep in the same bed, but I always thought maybe there was some some tension there. You know, what it I mean? would definitely be Ernie lists as in a relationship, but Bert would list as complicated. Oh, see, I thought the other way around. Like Ernie's <laughs> out there playing the field. Bert's the one that wants to lock him down. Someone's just hiding their relationship status. We all know yeah. those people. <laughs> Like Bert's trying to lock him down and Ernie's the one that's going like, I don't believe in marriage. Like I want to be out there just, you know, fucking I'm going to go back to situationship. You don't trust those people. You know, I'm in the the dating world. Yeah. You don't trust that. Yeah. (laughs) Ernie's trying to polycule with Grover. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Something. He's trying. He's just trying to fucking 
live his life. Um, okay. If you, can okay. you go further into this? I, can we dissect that this is <laughs> it's all fan, from Sesame it's Street? It's fan fiction that I yeah. have written. I no, mean, <laughs> Freddie Freddy could be Grover at this point. We could really get into this, I think. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I have many volumes of fan fiction uh, that I've written. Erotic, <laughs> or very painfully erotic fan fiction. Um, so yeah, so they uh, 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 Bert comes into play here, and they discover pretty quickly because they cut off the the initial corpse that's running around. Like I said, the the kind of Keystone Cop situation that's playing out. They cut his head off, and then that doesn't kill him. He just runs around with no head on. So they they quickly realize that the the the, the zombies can survive. You know, independently, their their arms, their legs, whatever, will continue to survive. So Bert has this genius idea. He's going to take uh, him over to the mortuary where Ernie has an incinerator and they're going to burn the body. Um, uh, which such a great scene of him easing into the question of asking him what he's going to do and what's in the bag. And, <laughs> Oh, I love that fucking scene. Um, but uh, ultimately, this basically just spreads the gas around. So this is the, the scene from Hocus Pocus where they burn the witches and yep. they go up through. Mm -hmm. So what I like to <laughs> pretend is, if it was raining that night, because then eventually the witches came back at, you know, the uh, right. Bette Midler and, and the like, they all reformed. If it was raining, would <laughs> the situation have been different? And would that it movie acid rain, yes, like this? It would have still happened. It would have gone into the water and they would have drank it and everyone would still would have been zombies. So actually, yeah. yes. Yeah. I didn't know if it happens with witches. I don't know how <laughs> well, that's what free the form is. comes into play. That's the remake. Yeah, the they're coming out. yeah, they're reimagining it to be your yeah. version. Yes, God, how, fingers how, crossed. How many times does this go over? Did does it work with witches? Does it work with Draculas? <laughs> does it work with Frankenstein's? Like, well, I think a Frankenstein would just be zombies again. Yeah. <laughs> Which, man, yeah. but if you if you burn a piece of Godzilla, do you get a bunch of Godzillas? <laughs> God damn it, man! What that's if, a whole different. What if everyone fanfic. turned into Godzillas? Yeah. Right. like out of this situation mm. or they all turn into little baby godzilla oh my god oh a bunch of godzukis no, thank you yeah that's would it would that be i feel like today that this would actually turn into a baby yoda situation mm. like a really cute oh fuck yeah babies uh, baby godzilla that just like spits i mean you've out seen fire? godzuki right he's cute as fuck i don't know if people I have. hate on him he's very cute fuck godzuki <laughs> that's a rock band name too by the way Oh yeah, I believe that. That 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 that. Oh, do they do out. do they do Gojira covers? Oh, <laughs> I was awesome. just gonna say Gojira. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stuck on the soundtrack from you brought up Hocus Pocus. Now I can't get Sarah Jessica Parker singing her like enchantment song to the oh, to the my children. God, that oh, song, man, it was enchanting. Like as a young it's kid, a you're still banger. under her spell. I, I know what I else so. was really enchanting for me as like a 12 year old was how far she had her boobs pushed up and she was on that broom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was a coming of age tale for me uh, between that song and the yeah. boob situation. I mean, you, we all know this. This is not a secret now that all all Disney movies are just meant to make like adolescent kids horny. Like that's literally all they're meant to do. They get that you. Is part, that's part of their fucking blueprint they just had to make it a, a little bit tolerable for parents though too you know so yeah i think that accounts for it yeah that that Dad's is that gotta is... get horny too <laughs> that's, that's true that's true god they're knows definitely true. trying to un they're definitely trying to unlock stuff like <laughs> yeah you know if if you saw the lion king they drew nala way too hot for like a regular lion <laughs> 
And so, like, if you're a furry, that unlocked it early on. You. <laughs> Why is this lion so sexy? Like, I yeah. said that to myself as, like, a 10-year-old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all the dads are just thinking about Beyonce is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. um, That's the remake. I'm sorry. I know what we're talking about, but I... Whatever. I, we were talking about the cartoon lion that made us horny. Um, <laughs> so, so this is a real, like, we're 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 airing a lot of dirty laundry. Um, uh, yeah. So back to Bert and Ernie. Um, so uh, they they released the deadly gas, you know, the, uh, out of the 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 smokestack of the of the mortuary, and then it's raining, and it all ends up in the soil, and then this toxic rain, you know, brings all the zombies uh, to life. So this this whole cemetery uh, starts to become, you know, reanimated corpses that that jump out of the ground and. Um, uh, you know, in various states of, uh, of decay. Um, so meanwhile, uh, Tina, who we mentioned before, she's kind of the straight lakes one that's de- dating Freddie and the friends are kind of like getting into their night kind of thing. And this is where you're introduced to spider trash, uh, scuzz, suicide, all these, I mean, just great fucking names. I mean, they're like, they're like, if, uh, the American Gladiators and the Street Sharks came together. <laughs> That's this fucking group. I have a serious question, though. Do you guys yeah. think I could pull off that chain from like my ear to like my Monroe here? Like, my yeah, I, yeah, bring it back. You could put. I remember the first time I saw somebody in the mall wearing one of those when I was a kid. I was like, oh, oh well, I think I was like ten, and I was like. That fucking rules. That, that <laughs> piercing is scar- so scarred in my memory. Like, Meg, you talk about it. Like, p- please don't do it. Because all I have in my head is another horror movie. If you've watched, um, oh, uh, is it Bride of Chucky? Sure. That's okay. one of them. Oh, do, well, yeah, yeah. Right. What am I saying? <laughs> Sorry. No, but I, one I, of the Chucky's, I think it's Bride. Uh, yeah. There's this like. I don't know, like Marilyn Manson looking fellow dating, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, please, uh, Jennifer What's Tilly. What's her name? Well, yeah, 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 right. So Jennifer Tilly and, and then she puts him on the bed. She's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a femdom thing and she wants to chain him to the bed with the handcuffs mm-hmm. and he has that exact piercing that suicide mm-hmm. has. And then just like she puts the doll and he's like, oh, this is getting weird. And then the doll rips it out of his face. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whatever age I was, it was too young to see that, man. That yep. is pretty intense. Yeah, yeah that was bright. I'm pretty sure that's bright of Chucky. Okay. Um, I was nervous yeah. it was going to relive that with, with this movie, too. I was like, no, please leave him alone. <laughs> it is weird that that never happened because because he is like the super angsty, like kind of aggro one of the group, but he has a car. So they kind of put up with his bullshit. Right. Like that's that's the character. You know that. He, he has like this giant, like sixties convertible fucking Impala. I don't even know what the hell it is. that seats like 40 people. And, and they all like just kind of hop in there. For sure. Yeah. It's, there's so many people jammed into this old convertible, it's like but Ash Williams car from evil dead. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of that. Or, uh, I, uh, I immediately thought of the, uh, love shack with a B 52s, uh, song where he's like, sucks about, got a car that sits about 20. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, this is the car they're talking about. I think, mm-hmm. um, and the conversation as they're walking up the street and this is so fucking good. They're just saying such stupid, weird, like, I just love the lines. I like not even they're dumb, but still kind of cool. I don't know. It's like they're just like this very nihilistic group of teenagers. And he's like something about he's like, 
you like, I just remember you like sex with death. And he's like, yeah, like sex with death. He's like, yeah, why don't you go fuck off and die? (laughs) (laughs) Such a fucking burn. Um, And, uh, and of course, like the one girl's just keeps like talking about how bad she wants to party, which (laughs) they never like, is it safe to say they never party? They don't party. Not with booze (laughs) and drugs. They don't party. (laughs) Yeah. Like they don't party. I'm like, what? It reminded me of a fucking, what's that Andy Samberg movie where he's like, you don't party. He's like, I know for a fact you don't party. Like this, I just kept like imagining that scene because I'm like. What do is they that hot mean rod? by yeah hot rod? What do they okay. mean by party? Like this group, when I think party, I'm thinking you're going to go like huff gas and like punch a tree in the cemetery, you know. But then they just don't. Like no one ever gets fucked up yeah, or like anything really happens. Nobody's walking around with six packs. Yeah, so they're not drinking. So right. then you have no. to assume they're doing drugs. But then yeah. they never do drugs. Yeah. So it's like, what are you guys doing? Like you just like, want to trash in a cemetery? Yeah. Yeah, Trash doesn't even get high to take her clothes off. She just I does that. that. She was like, I always thought, okay, she was the one who was like fucked up, and maybe they cut scenes out of them, you know, getting stoned. Mm. I, I I don't know, um, but yeah, it doesn't the it doesn't add up that well. Um, no. It doesn't make sense, and it would make more sense because again, the gas is meant to be an anti marijuana thing. Yeah, so it would be funny uh, if they were all fucking potheads getting high. Yeah. You know, because then the gas is technically fighting them as it comes back to life. Do you think that could have been cut out at some point, too? Why would you cut that? Even for ratings. That's what I mean. Like time and place of when that would come out. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, 85. You remember it was like, I mean, we're 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 fucking war on drugs in it pretty hard. Um, So maybe they did. Maybe that was like something that they thought they can give up, you know, when when. the ratings board came back after him for it. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe they maybe they traded that so we got full frontal. Yeah, or 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 some of the more like gruesome scenes too. Because I mean, this is around the time where the 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 Friday the Thirteenth films were catching all that flack and getting just gutted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the so many scenes were getting cut out of those movies because the MPAA was just like censoring the fuck out of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then I don't know. You got to think about Day of the Dead. Which same year and everything mm-hmm. and Life Force same year. Yeah. And there's all that nudity and violence in both of them. And I like, wonder if it was like, yeah, but there weren't like I, I feel like uh it was almost Day of like the Dead the, wasn't even nice. Like Day of the Dead is mean all the way through. It is, it is. So there's like there's at least levity in this film. So, yeah, I don't know. Or whatever. Maybe because it was George Romero and he had more of a pedigree. And like I said, yeah. you know, Friday Thirteenth was taken a lot of than Dan flag. O'Bannon, writer of the Alien <laughs> film. Yeah, but people don't know what the fucking writers are. You know what I mean? If you hear Tarantino talk. I mean, in some interviews, he gets he should just get away with stuff. I mean, how many people can just show? what Tarantino shows and, you know, certain mm-hmm. films at, at the same time frame as other films coming on. It's like brutal, brutal stuff like yeah. gets away with yeah. it, you know? And yeah. You wonder if they could grease the wheels in some capacity there, you know, mm-hmm. from a, like a political standpoint. I don't know. Yeah. Tarantino has definitely earned enough clout that if his next film was mostly dongs, it could be, <laughs> yeah. and it'd still get an R. Is that, so. is that the title as well as the themes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly dongs. Yeah, cool. It's just called dongs, <laughs> and then parentheses mostly. <laughs> mostly. It's um, called artsy, yeah, so It's artsy mm-hmm. dongs. They're black mm-hmm. and white. Um, 
So yeah, a lot of, like I said, comedy of errors kind of playing out in the, in the warehouse here. So this is, this is trash, you know, starts stripping and, and dancing in the cemetery. Um, Tina goes off to the warehouse, warehouse first and like wanders into the basement. And then this is where she comes in contact with, uh, you know, probably the most recognizable, uh, 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 I guess, bad guy, if you will, of this, which is the singular, you know, most recognizable zombie, which is uh, the tar man. Um, so she comes mm-hmm. in contact with tar man is just like to this day, that effect holds up so freaking well mm-hmm. and it has so much to do with the choice the, like the special effect choices the fact that they made him like covered in slime like we've talked about before you make anything look wet and it's going to cover up a lot <laughs> um you know visually speaking um but also the performance of the actor like yeah. he walks like he has been in a barrel dissolving for like years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, it's just the the physicality of the performance, and I and I forgot to look up. I meant to look up who who plays the Tar Man, and I I completely forgot. But it like that the physicality of that performance mat, um, matched with the the mask um, is, and, and of course the really over the top voice like the booming (laughs) demonic almost voice uh was a bold decision that kind of paid off yeah it's like that performance is on the same level as uh uh like flyboy from dawn of the dead oh yeah with with at the end of the film with the way his movement sticks out with like his ankle is rolled over the entire time and his like he's just spinning a revolver in his hand Mm -hmm. and it's such you know like so yeah they're both so like iconic in the way they move and they stand out from every other zombie yeah like where most of the other zombies in this film just kind of like just run at you and go (laughs) yeah and they look like people not that far from dawn of the dead or day of the dead zombies Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they've got the bluish tint. They might be a little more grotesque textured face wise, whereas Dawn of mm-hmm. the Dead, like a lot of the zombies, which I love that movie, but a lot of the movies just look like, oh, we made you look kind of bluish green, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Uh, Tarman, Alan Troutman and Robert Bennett. I think Alan Troutman mm-hmm. played him in the second one. Mm-hmm. But Robert Bennett, I think the names ring a bell. And yeah, no, it doesn't doesn't ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if, if the Tarman had like just with the way he walked, how, how convincing it was, um, some kind of physicality of the costume to, to make that, to, to make it so that he couldn't walk regular. Cause I was just thinking about like last night, um, <clears throat> well thinking about Dor- Boris Karloff, um, last night I was at the, uh, Mahoning drive-in theater. Shout out to oh, them. Oh, I love the Mahoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it was monster match weekend. And, um, the mummy was the first up last night. And mm-hmm. so there's Boris Karloff and, and my grandfather told me, you know, he's one of the guys who got me into horror. Uh, they put weights in his shoes so he could walk like Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. So his, his boots were weighted like however they needed to be heavy for, for him. And then, uh, I think the same thing when you think about Marlon Brando playing the Godfather stuffing cotton balls in the side of his mouth mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he could talk like, you know, which is another trick that Lux Interior did to the cramps when he recorded uh, the cover of She Said. Anyways, I'm getting in the weeds. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's very, that's super interesting. I would have thought. Yeah. He's such an interesting guy. Good God. I could just, we could do a whole episode on on him and, and Poison Ivy and the fucking, just the cramps in next, general. Next time. Next time. <laughs> next time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. I wonder if they did, if it's like, like he literally looked like he was covered in like, 
used motor oil. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if it was one of those things where like it was slippery and he was like trying to keep his feet anchored while he was doing this kind of like gyrating jiggly almost type of motion. Yeah. Um, but hmm. yeah, such such a good performance. <laughs> don't fall. Don't fall. Don't yeah, fall. I know. That, exactly. Like, um, and then he has to like he doesn't have to deliver the lines. Obviously, it was it was like ADR, but um, like he had to like project the physicality of the voice, you know what I mean? Which he does it in this very dramatic way. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he, he comes in contact with, uh, Tina comes in contact with, uh, uh, with the tar man. Um, and, uh, you're kind of jumping back and forth now. I, I don't remember if this line's before this or after my notes might be out of order here, but, um, before, um, you know, Linnea Quigley's character, uh, jumps up and starts doing the whole, you know, do dancing thing. There's this line is the most memorable one to me ever. Like, cause I remember watching this movie the first time when I was like probably too young to watch it. Like I was probably nine or 10. And I remember watching this and her going like, do you ever fantasize about dying? And the way she's delivering it, it's in this like <laughs> very manic way. Mm-hmm. And she's getting like, super horny with it you know what I mean and she's like talking about basically fantasizing about like old men like eating her her like ripping her apart Mm -hmm. eating her alive yeah um like being cannibalized and I just remember like as like a 10 year old be like are there people like that like I was very like (laughs) traumatized by as a kid and then of course like infatuated by it as well um but yeah the such finding your new kinks age at ripe age of 10 yeah, I mean, wow. it was like I, it, it was that, and it was like you know, Playboy's in my uncle's garage. There's only two <laughs> avenues back then. You know, it's not like I could Google it. You it's know, the whole world. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Which, well, that's her end. Her demise is her wish. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She gets it. She gets you know, it ultimately by by a bunch of old and now old men and women. I mean, you couldn't really tell, but I mean, mm. given but they're dead, so they got to be yeah. however old to be that decomposed. I don't know. Anyways, it was yeah. cool. Yeah, in a sense, they are older than all of us. I mean, yes. they live stopped living. Um, but yeah, she's she's uh, uh, this scene. I remember she's just getting getting real psyched up thinking about it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we talked about his his you know voice, and and they kind of come in and save Tina from the Tar Man. Uh, but then s- is it suicide, suicide that gets killed right there? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she locks herself in like the cadaver closet kind uh, no, or it's a locker it's like a it's like a oh, yeah it's just a locker yeah that's right it's a locker but then um <laughs> the tar man luckily is savvy enough to use a winch mm-hmm. <laughs> which is <laughs> like this takes zombie like the zombies are super intelligent in a way here mm-hmm. where they the problem solving is beyond any other zombie movie you can think of certainly up to this point but at the same time they're like kind of self-aware about their silliness mm-hmm. <laughs> like they crack jokes and shit yeah. um it's so weird i love it send more paramedics is the <laughs> that's the yeah. best line ever and send like, more cops yeah yeah, send more yeah. Cops too. Uh, oh so good <laughs> but they're obviously very self-aware of themselves at that point because they're just yeah. like you know what do we do for help oh send more paramedics <laughs> that would help <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well, th- so they, they make the zombies like sort of like sentient right and, and mm-hmm. that's what you would say in this movie so that's like it takes it it takes it there on on the sequel to Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. but how long does Night of the Living Dead uh, um, franchise take till um, 
what's the name of the famous uh, a zombie in Day of the Dead when he he can learn to use a gun? Mm-hmm. Oh, Bub. Bub. Yep. Yeah. So that took was that the third one, right? Day of the Dead. Yeah. 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 Day of the Dead. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's just it. <laughs> well, I mean, and you can again just back to the back to the flyboy zombie in uh, Dawn of the Dead. He's the only one that is aware of the back room uh when he gets turned mm-hmm. and then he knows how to get in there which leads all the other zombies into that room so like there is there is a learning curve with them and then there's even more so in land of the dead so yeah yeah it's funny because the the all the other ones are like they're acting on instinct mm-hmm. you know even bub like he's saluting like because he was in the military when he was mm-hmm. alive so he's just acting on like instinct and like ingrained muscle memory almost whereas these zombies are like uh like they are like like uh, what's the word i'm looking for like malicious (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean like bub like the zombies and the other ones you just think like oh they're just acting off of in like almost animalistic instinct where in this one they are like they want to do harm to people and enjoy doing harm to people and like joking almost about like the whole like they're like they're planting traps and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're doing ambushes because <laughs> yeah. because the, the one cop zombie is standing in the middle of the road. Yeah. To do the ambush. With the rain suit on. Yeah. Yeah. The flagger. The flag. Yeah. 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 He waves them down. But, but they're malicious. <laughs> but, the, but the intent is, is they're in pain as you learn from the woman. Yeah. I guess I guess it's self-interest kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not really malicious necessarily. Yeah. It's more like you, you uh-huh. learn. And, and this is pretty much around this point. I know they get they get to the. Uh, um, to the mortuary because Freddie, they saw Freddie like go into the mortuary or whatever, and then the group thinks they're gonna get there through the uh, cemetery. And they all get attacked, and that's when like shit really, really hits the fan. Um, and uh, trash is killed, and and ch- it's Chuck and Casey, I think, go back to the warehouse, mm-hmm. um, and then Spider, Tina, and Scuzz go back to the mortuary. Anyway, yeah, and this was when they start to figure out that they're like self-aware and they're in pain and mm-hmm. you get that very famous scene of like the hat the t- like topless half a woman zombie on the table mm-hmm. then she is like communicating to them how much it hurts to be dead and well, she, <laughs> how she, she needs has a line brains. and she's like she says, like, I can feel myself rot. I like, yeah. I love that oh, line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that line's in a bunch of songs, too. Like, people yeah. have used that in song, like, in, in multiple songs, I feel like. Um, those three, I think it's Spider, Teen, and Scuzz, they uh, discover Frank and Freddy, who are starting to turn. Um, and they do, like, they do a, you know, a, basically like a quick, uh, um, you know, triage, and they're like, you're dead <laughs> and, then, and then it's like it's like i said it's funny because it's such a silly thing to say because mm-hmm. he's sitting there talking to him but they're like no you're dead you don't have like vital signs but then it's also like heartbreaking because freddie's like doesn't want to be dead yeah he doesn't yeah. want to be dead <laughs> but also like there's there's no other circumstance and like the genius of the scene is like it's not a I don't want to die. It's oh, it's already a done deal. Right. Yeah. You're already dead, but you're self-aware that you're dead. Mm-hmm. It's you know. It, it's when 
because like the 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 paramedics kind of discovered that earlier Mm -hmm. but now it's to the point i think when what we're talking about at this point is that like freddie has a bunch of blood pulling in his back and he has rigor mortis setting in Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and and like ernie's like trying to not just say like oh you have rigor mortis because you are dead you have been dead you're a corpse yeah yeah (laughs) yeah He's like, Rigor Mortis! <laughs> and like, again, like we were talking about earlier, Freddie and you know Frank at this point are just all screams. Only screams, so. man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, so so they they are starting to get the, the full picture of what's happening and, and you know, all the all the, the corpses rising out of the ground. So they like are barricading themselves in the mortuary. And then there's this whole discussion about what are we going to do? Are we going to stick it out? Are we going to get the hell out of here? All that stuff. And, and then right around this time is when you get that. Um, you know, the classic line of uh, the <laughs> and it's funny, the zombie that crawls up and hears the CB radio and crawls up into the cab of the, um, the ambulance, the ambulance. Yeah, he's like. This is like, this is dispatch and he actually goes like, come in dispatch. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like he, he knows the the protocol for talking right. on the on the CB. He's like, send more paramedics. <laughs> it's just such a like utilitarian like sentence of just like I'm just get, like he just wants to get the message across. Um, but uh, yeah, so Scuzz gets killed. Then they start dropping like flies at this point. Um, and uh, you know when the police and paramedics arrive on the scene again, it's this big crazy ambush um, that happens. Um, and and Frank and Freddie are you know becoming zombies at this point. So Bert locks them in what, what was the, it's room? the chapel? The chapel. Yeah, yeah. It's like the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chapel. Um, and then there, you know, Tina is in there and she refuses to abandon Freddy, even though he's, you know, we've established that he's dead and he's turning into a zombie. So this is like a, that, like I said, pretty emotionally charged scene, honestly. Uh, for but then a movie also that is, broken apart by him being like, look what you did. You made me rip my hand all the way off or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely hold that one. It was great. Yeah. And then uh, and then he ultimately tries to eat her um, and then, uh, you know, they they rescue her and, uh, you know, they run in and rescue her kind of thing. So is there a name for the for the, um, you know, there's like in Day of the Dead there or no. Yeah. Day of the Dead. They have, you know, Dr. Tongue, you know, and these types of like iconic zombies. I know Bub has a name, mm-hmm. but, you know, they, they tend to have these things where they give like the Tar Man. His name's not Tar Man. That's like a fan thing. They, they've kind right. of given him a name over time. Does the zombie on the table, the half woman zombie on the table have a name? I don't know that she does. I thought it was just like half corpse, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that that doesn't because it's like one of the most iconic, you know, zombies I can think of in films. And like there's so yeah. many ones that, that don't. But yeah, it's uh, just called Half Lady Corpse. Oh. I think I think it's possible just because that's not like a full actress in that because like that that's all puppet. Yeah, so that's just, true. Yeah, it's not a perf- it's not an actor. Um, yeah, it's just it's not puppet, an actor but. that that you're trying to remember and like, uh, you know, exalt in some way. Yeah, that's like, true. For, for their otherwise lesser known uh, part, because, yeah. you know, Bub is in all makeup. Tar Man's in all makeup. You never see that actor. But That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
Um, Frank, uh, Frank sets himself on fire, uh, I think soon after, cause he's, he can kind of still like, he can, still has control of himself a little bit. And he's like, now nah, I'm just going to set myself on fire. Um, Bert and spider get out of the <laughs> so, just, yeah. just quickly. This is yeah. something I noticed on yeah. my rewatch. Um, there earlier in the movie when they first burned the first corpse in mm-hmm. the, in the crematorium. Yeah. Frank is like, has an aside to Freddie. He goes, I could operate that. <laughs> so then later he does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, all uh, I thought about was like, yeah, some favor we owe him. I'm just hitting the right, button, yeah. you know? He's yeah. like, I could do that. And then later he does. Well, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Right That's around true. that time, was it not? I, I don't understand what this pause was. When his leg, uh, his pant leg gets torn by uh, the zombie, mm-hmm. he, you know, they're like, you think you'll help us? There's like a beat of like a minute where he's cutting off the remainder of the pant leg. And I just couldn't understand, like, how how did that make the whole movie? How did they get a minute of pant leg cutting? Yeah. Right. It just didn't make sense. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or what it was supposed to be, I guess. I wonder if it was, like, one of those things that was in the script, and it really didn't pan out on camera, but they kept it for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, I can imagine, I can ima- I'm, I'm projecting this on there, but I can imagine there being a behind-the-scenes argument about if to leave that and how much, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're right. And John Russo's like, that's a huge part of the book. Yeah, you know? it's a whole chapter, honestly. <laughs> it's Don't you understand chapter. about the pants? <laughs> that's chapter nine. It's the pants chapter. <laughs> it's iconic. It just took way too long. That was my that was yeah. my thing. There, yeah, yeah. There, there is definitely some interesting edit, editing choices and mistakes. Yeah. Because like uh, the first encounter, uh, oh, what's her face? Uh, Tina has with Tarman. Mm-hmm. There's a cut where like she's running up the stairs and Tarman's looking up at her, mm-hmm. but that's not. That's actually a take from a different from later in the film because you can see the blood on Tarman's teeth. So it's a take from when he's already attacked suicide, mm-hmm. but suicide mm-hmm. hasn't even made it into the yeah. the Unita yet. Uh. Well, that that makes a lot of sense actually. I I didn't notice that, but it makes a lot of sense because I, when I was reading about it. Um, and, and how much, uh, uh, you know, of, of, of a prick, uh, you know, the director was <laughs> apparently he did, they didn't tell her Elizabeth, what's her name who plays Tina? Um, uh, oh my gosh, it's escaped me right now. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, Beverly Randolph. Oh my God. I was so far off. <laughs> Beverly Randolph. Um, he didn't tell her that she was going to fall through the stairs. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, like there's a story going around that like I think was I, I think he maybe denied, but she like adamantly insisted that they set up this stunt, but didn't tell her that the stairs were going to break. Oh, shit. So she screamed during that part, like, I guess, very like realistically, but like her reaction was kind of. Un, unnatural to the story kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that's where they had to piece that scene together because, <laughs> because she, because she yelled, Dan O'Bannon, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. As she's falling, she was like, you piece of shit. Dan. Yeah. And that's um, not a character we've established in the film. Yeah, so. Dan O'Bannon is not a character. Um, yeah. I, I, I read that. I was like, how do you, how, how do you not quit if something does, somebody does something yeah. to you? But apparently he was like a total prick to her the whole time. So, um, Bert and Spider trying to get to the police car and they basically get to the police car and then there's this like moral conundrum where it's like we're not going to make it back 
let's just fucking go. <laughs> and they just leave Ernie and Tina behind. Uh, and she's like, they left us. They fucking left us. You know, it's this whole like kind of, again, a kind of an, another emer- emotionally charged scene. Um, and they end up in the mortuaries or wherever, I guess they're in the mortuary at that point in the attic. Um, while Freddie is trying to, to get to him. So her boyfriend's trying to, trying to get up to the attic. Um, and, uh, Bert and spider do get back to the warehouse and they find Casey and Chuck, um, and, uh, somehow kill tar man. Yeah. They mm-hmm. kill. How do they kill tar man? They I'm trying to bat remember his head off. Oh yeah. They knock his head Which, <laughs> what doesn't, what doesn't work with the cadaver, but works with tar yeah. man. So I don't understand, but <laughs> I, I guess it's, I guess he was like dissolving in that, in that like drum for enough time sure. where I, I guess that's why his he walks like that is like his body his bones are all jellified <laughs> i don't know uh the muscles work because apparently i don't know i'm not a scientist um yeah. but because he, he, also do. why didn't suicide come back yeah <laughs> suicide would have been in the basement as a zombie too but you know but oh, yeah, yeah i don't know huh. i guess i took it as like his brains got eaten he didn't just get bit tarman ate his dang brains out mm. So he was like full on food. I don't mm. know. Maybe I'm, 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 I'm cutting a lot of breaks here. <laughs> uh, cause, but, um, yeah, so, so Bert is trying to get in contact with the cops, uh, and then, you know, learns that shit's just gone wild. Like they got m- pretty much completely, uh, uh, you know, ambushed. And then, uh, Bert decides to call, call the like customer service number on the drum <laughs> which is such a silly dumb thing um it's like it's like if, if you had a complaint about your box of wheaties you could like call the number on the bottom and leave a voicemail kind of thing but this was for a um you know a chemical weapon or something um so he 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 does somebody picks up like an army guy picks up the phone um i don't know at the pentagon or some shit i don't know and uh and he's telling him like yeah there's fucking zombies everywhere shit's hitting the fan um and you know uh they just are all right we're we're just gonna nuke the place um so on the morning of july 4th um they nuke this whole town, <laughs> which is just <laughs> such a wild decision because um, you're like rooting for these people. And it's this whole of, of course, it's a it's a zombie movie. So it's this like fight for survival. Mm-hmm. And then this just like nihilistic, bleak, just ah, fuck it. We're blowing up Louisville. <laughs> like, yeah. We're just going to literally Pre- nuke preface, the whole town. Preface yes, problem solved. with just. Yeah. You hear something? <laughs> a bottle rocket. Yeah. 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 I know I've never been bombed, but I imagine you don't hear something like that. I don't know. I mean. no, it doesn't sound like a bottle rocket that you got like right over the border in Ohio. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, they 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 fucking they nuke they nuke Louisville. Um, and then, uh, you know, you hear this this voiceover of the of the army you know, general, whoever the hell he is, is uh uh, uh, Colonel Glover is his name, which I didn't realize that was it, but he is, uh, telling the, the, you know, the other officer, uh, that basically this was great. It went really great. Like we nailed it <laughs> and he's just couldn't be more positive about the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, it's just a small area that was, you know, that was blown up and, uh, only uh, killed 4,000 people. Yeah, no big, yeah, yeah. no big. Yeah. <laughs> so few people like the, we really nailed the this. rain, cleaned it up. Yeah. And then you see quick, you know, you kind of get the the inclination there that uh, this toxic rain um, 
is, uh, you know, he says, you know, it's putting out the fires and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, you start you hear uh, zombies, you know, kind of screaming underground. Sidebar, um, Toxic know, kind of Rain, also a great band name or just a great song. <laughs> toxic Rain, yeah. Yeah, or toxic toxic rain sounds like a song name you're right yeah so uh you know you pretty much can tell at that point that uh you know the it's it's about to start all over again so they think they've they've solved the problem but of course that is not the case and uh, you know dumb bastards just kind of made it worse so um again bleak as fuck nihilistic ending all the characters you were rooting for are dead they got nuked by their own government uh <laughs> you know finn has anybody here done the sequels i have not uh yeah i started watching this the the second one because there's three right uh there is more no is there more there is five. Oh jesus Damn. christ the second <laughs> one i i i think it was one of those ones where i started watching i was like oh this sucks and then i got like super stoned mm-hmm. and just like watched the rest of it but was kind of looking at my phone the whole time uh, so mm-hmm. it was not good and then really? three I, I kind of like the second remember. one. Meh, I'll have to go back and. It watch. has fans, which I don't understand. Uh, like, it's just—it's not bad. I've watched so many movies that are way, way worse. Mm-hmm. It's just like on the heels of this, which is like one of the best horror comedies in my mind. Like, this is a—I've—I've I've seen this movie a dozen times. Yeah. So on the heels of that, it's a giant drop off. Okay. But if it was just its own thing, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah three three is a weird one because it was like made in the 90s and it has such it, it, i don't know there's such a weird thing with her sticking glass in her arms and like making yeah, herself into it's a monster Wolverine type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i've seen um I, i've seen bits i've definitely either seen bits and pieces or probably saw like you know, clips on fucking, you know, Instagram or something like that. But I've seen this and I was like, what the hell does this have to do with the spirit of that original yeah, movie? I, I don't know, but yeah. I, I, I feel like I remember that one being on Cinemax a lot back in the yeah. day. I, what, when I see the cover of the DVD I'm, or, or the poster, I'm like, that looks like if like Uva Bowl tried to make a <laughs> Resident Evil movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other two, which are Necropolis and Rave to the Grave were Rave. both I both I believe they were both sci-fi original films and they were shot uh, they were shot back to back and they are fucking garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I really sci-fi want originals. Rave in the Grave or Rave on the Grave one that I feel like that has legs, you know, as a name. <laughs> like the, the title. Name it's a good name. It's a good name. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it does is it gets you to watch it cuz you're like Rave in the Grave sick. Let's I just, watch it. I yeah. mean, I think it's like, on sci-fi, you're laying on the couch half asleep and then it's trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, like I think there needs to be a Halloween themed party called that too. Dance grave party. in the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll do my Halloween party this year. Grave in the grave. We'll we'll do Say a bunch grave of grave in the grave. Grape either way. <laughs> Grapes in the grave. It's it's a wine night. <laughs> it's a wine tasting. Yeah. yeah. Everything's um, it had to be I I mean, you said it's garbage. I have, I have to imagine if sci fi touched it, it's gotta be all CGI at that point, right? Oh yeah. No. I'm sh- no? Really? no. Okay. No. Because uh, I think it would, would have been early enough. I think it's pretty. 
I think it was like 2005, 2006. Mm. So like there's a there's a decent mix, but what you really get is just a lot of nothing. Like you don't get mm. a lot of practical effects or CG effects. It just mm. it's just garbage. Within about three years after that is when CGI, whatever package came out that sci-fi <laughs> bought. <laughs> that they started applying to all those fucking horrible CGI movies. I feel like came out um, while I was in college. So like it was like, it was probably 2007, 2008, you know, when they really got into like, pretty sure the package is just hiring people from china or india that's true because that's what that's what marvel does they just you know hire whole studios from china and say work forever die maybe (laughs) yeah that's probably true make our hulk movie (laughs) you have to look up when adobe premiere was first released i bet they line up those two things (laughs) probably yeah when you said that make make our hulk movie i immediately thought of rita repulsa going Make my monster grow, but it's just fucking some asshole at at Disney, just like screaming it over the phone at a bunch of yeah people in it's just China. Mickey Mouse screaming at Chinese people. <laughs> Make my monster grow. Um, yeah, so guys, that is return uh, the return of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. um, which is just that a was fucking my first treat. Watch. Really? Yeah, it was my first you watch. Dug, so you, how'd you I feel about it? it? I was into it. I, think I it wish fun. I knew it was your, fa- your first watch. I would ask you earlier. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun fucking play. I definitely want to watch it again. Yeah. It's fun. fun I might. I mean, let's see if the fiance wants to watch it later. I don't think she's very interested, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember this is one where uh, I think, I think uh, Kate and I watched it together, and she lost interest pretty quick. But she <laughs> was, was are you talking very. about your first date? Yes, the night we met, I strapped her to a chair and made her watch this. That was a good joke. I like that yeah. one. Keep that. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, she, I, I think early on she was like, oh, this is kind of seems cool um, with the, uh, you know, the, the stupid dialogue, you know, and them on the street and all this stuff. And then she was like, why? why is she naked dancing on the (laughs) like why is there fires in a graveyard you know what i mean like why are there multiple eternal flames in this random graveyard um and then i think she checked out pretty quick but it's a it's a fun one um well we were just talking about this last night we were at a friend's house and uh she was basically saying that like I was like, I think, you know, you, you've come around on the genre, you know, a little bit. And, um, she informed me that no, she had not. (laughs) I was like, you, we just watched, I felt like I made this huge progress with her when she watched killer clowns from outer space and was like, that was a very entertaining movie. Mm -hmm. Like she, Mm -hmm. she was like, and I was like, yes, like we're getting somewhere. Um, and, uh, and then no, she informed me last night that that is not the case. Um, that is a personal favor, favor to me. Every time we watch. Did you get that killer clowns backpack that I sent you yet? No, no, I did not. I sent, I sent, uh, Brian a link. It was like a Spencer's link and it was basically a backpack that had, uh, it was a killer clowns like backpack. And I was like, can you please buy this and just bring it to every professional meeting that you attend? <laughs> I didn't buy the backpack, but I did turn that art into a full back tattoo. So it's pretty <laughs> makes much sense. Cool. That makes sense. I, it, things that yeah. would actually never surprise me if you did that. Yeah. If you're in the Yakuza, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're in the Yakuza. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. Uh, Brian's Yakuza uh, tattoo is just killer clowns or chubby <laughs> shorty. <laughs> yeah. If that's still on Netflix, I'm kind of, I've never watched it. I'm pretty intrigued. 
Oh, it's on. I think it's on Tubi. Sure. I, it's, I don't have Tubi. It's, I don't it's know. Free. Everybody free. has Tubi. So okay. free. Got it. It's Got wildly it. free. Okay. Um, wildly it's so, free. Yeah, it's so good. He's, like he's they, not I think they yet. might. I'm getting to a point where they I'm hoping that they start paying me for the amount of people that I've gotten to download Tubi. I'm just uh, waiting for you to actually get them to sponsor us for how much you talk about Tubi. I know they are. Uh, listen, they don't they don't get to where they're at by, you know, giving money away, you know. So <laughs> um, but yes, it is. I have confirmed 1988's Killer Clowns from Outer Space, a scant one hour and 26 minute runtime. And it is worth every moment. Deal. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. My night is booked. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, once again, guys, uh, w- there's uh, Steve just informed. I completely forgot. We've got an extra Monday in August, so we're gonna we have another episode to fill in next week before our September showdown episode. Which I will remind you, our September showdown episode. Uh, the the topic is going to be satanic panic. We are going to have uh, the Omen. We're going to have uh, uh, damn uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, and we're going to have uh, some bitch and Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. So go out and watch those movies and prepare for that showdown episode. You got to full damn two weeks because uh, we got a special uh, little extra Monday in there. Um, so uh, go out and check that out uh, next week where maybe we'll do another little to be roulette. That, that has treated us well. We are actually, um, we're due to get fucked pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> because we've been really lucky with Tubi Roulette. Uh, Drew, that's when we just scroll on Tubi Horror section okay. for five to ten minutes and then release it. And we have to watch whatever it lands on um, and talk about it. Uh, eyes, which, eyes closed, give it a scroll point. <laughs> yeah. Which last time we ended up with something really good. What was mayhem. It? it? Oh, yeah. Mayhem, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fun, fun movie. Um but yeah, it 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 can backfire. To be to be giveth and to be taketh away. It's, okay, I see. This yeah. is this is a form of religion for you folks. It is sure. for me personally. Now you're I speak it. for Listen everyone. To the episode, what was that crocodile one where we that we covered it? Which one? Alligator. Rogue. 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 Just listen that to one. that episode, and you will understand. Wasn't Bog? Wasn't wasn't Bog one too? No, Bog was, Bog a was a punishment film from you. Yes, but <laughs> I, scumbag. <laughs> but Bog, I w- I found Bog via doing my own personal <laughs> r- Tubi roulette. Wait, no, um, wait, hold on. Was Rogue? That wasn't the Sam Raimi crocodile movie, was it? No. Okay. What was that one? Yeah. That's the Australian one. Yeah, but, but definitely that, Sam Raimi did one just recently, like two years ago. Like, yeah, wasn't it? Uh, Oh, all I can think of is Slither. Crawl. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see, I want to see that. See, I'm, I'm real yeah. bad, man. I, I, I'm real bad at watching movies. So I got like. Crawl is, know. Crawl is fine. Crawl was mm. pretty, pretty enjoyable movie. Um, uh, Rogue was also pretty enjoyable, but terrible. It's fine. <laughs> Fair, in enough. A way. Fair enough. Um, but in any case, if you want to, in the future, help us pick these, or if, you know what, if you've got a damn, uh, minisode topic for us. We've actually done a couple listener requests for minisodes in recent weeks. If you got one of those, send them on over to us on the social medias. I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but uh, if you don't follow us already, again, fuck you. But <laughs> you probably should get out there. Uh, follow us on the social medias at Halloween's Forever on Instagram, at Hal Forever uh, on Twitter, Halloween's Forever podcast on Facebook. We even got one M damn TikToks. Meg, how's that TikTok following going over there? Pretty good. We're living large over here. <laughs> We're up to 
maybe 60 <laughs> followers, I bet, on the No, TikToks. it's almost 100. No shit. It's almost wow. 100. We're getting there. Uh, we're we're so closing in on 10,000 on the right. Instagram. Your Insta's good. Uh, it's a strong Insta. Yeah. yeah. Guess who runs the old Instagram? This guy. Mm. You know who runs the TikTok? Mm. This degenerate there with the red shirt on who hasn't posted nine months. Uh, get on it. I have a life. I, I work. How are we gonna, yeah, how are we going to get the fucking kids in the fold? How are Bring we gonna, us our gonna Gen gonna Z. Pollute the children uh, if we don't have a TikTok going. Let's be um, real. It's all of us millennials yeah, that's watching true. these TikToks. I have a TikTok now, although it's only for work. I don't have my personal one. Um, and I'm scared by it still. Terrified. Don't understand it. Um, anyway, or if you want to send us one of them old-fashioned emails, it's at HalloweenIsForeverPod at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Drew, wh- what, do you got, what do you got coming up? We didn't even talk about Horror Knots, which I've been listening to as well lately. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Man, I thank you. I just figured there's so much to talk about. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to muddy the waters. So, I mean, well, I'll be down to talk about it or, you know, another episode or something, man. But, um, yeah. uh, okay. Actually, the Horror Knots, if for anybody listening, that's my other band. So, first band is Drew in the Blue. And then the other band, Horror Knots. Now, Horror Knots is like every time I sh- a new person listens to it, invariably they will come up and say, Do you watch Stranger Things? And I don't, and I don't, <laughs> and I know it's great, and, and I have no problem. I, I, I know it's a great show. I, everyone tells me it's great, so okay, that's nice. But um, the Horror Knots are essentially a uh, dark wave, synth wave sort of band. Um, Ooh, up my alley. Yeah, uh, with, with but with vocals. So you know, something along the lines of like, <laughs> I want to do it justice. Uh, Maybe it'll, you know, in the vein of like Carpenter Brute or something like yeah. that with with words, with words. Um, I humbly say that I don't compare us to Carpenter Brute. I'm just giving an example. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the thing we do. And, and right now it's, it's super busy, man. Like we have we obviously have Sly Fox Can Jam coming up with Drew in the Blue. Um, and then that's uh, let me think the same weekend, the night before the night after is uh, Attic Brewing Company in Philly. The Horror Knots are playing there for oh, uh, Funktoberfest. Um, so that's happening. And then, uh, I'll keep you guys, all you guys are invited. Um, the horror knots is actually throwing a big Halloween party on, uh, whatever the weekend before Halloween is at the 23rd, 22nd, 23rd. Yeah. Um, in Muhlenberg, there's the Jim Dietrich park. It's got an old farmhouse right on the uh, river. It looks like pretty spooky. Um, especially in October, it gets like real foggy and stuff. Anyways, so Mm -hmm. we're we're throwing like a house party. Um, no sick. A, a rented house party, but uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be cool, man. So Harnas is getting really busy. You can check us out on everything: Spotify, Apple Music. Um, we also, this is a whole nother episode. So dare I even mention it? The Harnas are a band, and they are also a puppet show. Yes, I, which I did explain to to Megan Steve. So we we do want to hear how these how these things intersect. Yeah, okay. I love me some fucking puppets. Okay, all right. So yeah. Oh man! All right, so let's let me just start by saying, <laughs> yeah, my partner in crime is is Kevin Stratton, who is who's really the main writer for the Horror Knots. All right, so mm-hmm. in Drew in the Blue, it's a collective of three of us. In the Horror Knots, he writes like basically all the music, and I'll write lyrics or melodies and stuff. But again, he's like the real the workhorse for it. So I just show up and I sing. I'm like, what do you want me to sing? You know what I mean? Okay, I'll sing this. So it looks like I'm like that's at times the lead singer of the band, but but again, man, I, he takes the charge on it. And so 
as I speak about it, I'm trying to make sure I give him proper, you know, proper say. And sure, sure. Uh, how did the Horror Knots become a puppet show? I wish Kevin were here to answer that for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? His mom and his mom and sister. Um, he he, he just decided he wanted to make like promos. I think you know, and mm-hmm. uh, his mom and sister were handy with a with, with like the sewing machine, and they made us a little Dracula and a little wolf. Um, which if you're looking, the flannel I happen to be wearing, uh, is exactly what the wolf looks like. Um, mm-hmm. a blue flannel and it, mine's even ripped just like his. <laughs> that was not on purpose. This just, it became ripped. It's like stigmata. I, yes. It's, it's art imitating life, imitating art. And, um, yeah. and so that, that was that. And, you know, I do the voice for the wolf man and Kevin does the voice for Dracula. And what we wanted to really do was find a way to, reach like a younger like have something friendly for like kids to watch that wasn't all about Mm -hmm. like you know um it's not all about hail satan and killing and everything all the time you know (laughs) and and if it is it's it's a gingerly way like yeah you know what i mean so yeah Yeah, yeah. it's sort of a way to just like destigmatize whatever whatever that music is um sure witches and werewolves and dracula and satan and so Mm. yeah the, the horror knots have um little teasers man we just did like little promotional stuff we're gonna do a lot more it's it's so time consuming um we have one episode out that's like a full length which is like i don't know if it's eight minutes uh explaining Mm -hmm. the the uh the story of like the first the uh new england vampire panic which um Mm -hmm. it's kind of a popular thing people know about it now but uh yeah, we wanted to explain like little pieces of horror history and, and one of the other ones that we Oh, had, that's cool. Yeah, we have one coming up. Um we took a pause on it, but it's uh, the Flying Dutchman. Um which is not quite as spooky as as it comes off. Um but uh, again, I go back to our team is sort of small. So with with the mm-hmm. Drew and the Blue stuff, um Kevin records it and, and really engineers it all. And then with the horror not mm-hmm. stuff, it's the same guy. Uh Yeah. So between Drew and the Blue getting the album done, which just happened in April, and the Horror Knots 30 P coming out, which comes out mm. um, October, I don't remember, 17th, I think. Thanks. There's there's only so much. There's only two of us. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to pick. That's a lot for two people. We had to pick and choose our battles. So, um, yeah. you know, the puppets took a backseat for a minute. But, uh, yeah, man, that's it's a whole nother thing. I, I, you know, I get my kicks off on there. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. You, if you haven't, you definitely like I said, go download. So your second album during the blue second album is, is self-titled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and while you're at it, probably should pick up, uh, the first one as well, which is a, one of the greatest album names ever, which is surfing on a surfboard. <laughs> it, it, was <laughs> it's great. it was a joke. And then like, yeah, the more I said it, I was like, well, I think it's just not a joke anymore. I'm serious. <laughs> so, yeah, for those of you who are like, uh, there, are, there are tracks on the new album that are like, you know, pretty like snakeskin boots, like pretty high tempo, like, you know, you know, hard, pretty, pretty hard, hard rock type of burners. You know? Yeah. And then you got and then you guys have ones that are more like, you know, kind of uh, I don't want to mis- genre you, but kind of these, you know, uh, it was spur- spooky surf rock, you know, yeah. and kind of thing like punky punk, you know, s- spooky surf rock, which is like, yeah. that's th- if I could, if I could live in like a, 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 a weird, um, murderous, uh, uh, fifties themed 
tiki hut like that's that's kind of the aesthetic i'm going for so it matches right in there it's rock and roll with scooby-doo imagery <laughs> i like that i like that yeah that's the genre too yeah <laughs> um that's awesome yeah well uh i i we never got into your origins of of horror but i think th- what that means uh is that you just got to get come on the fucking show again basically um i'd love so, to man you guys are cool i i had no <laughs> i had no you know pre preconceived idea what we'd talk about i listened to your thing and i could be a little prepared like what's the momentum here i was you know but this was hey this is a lot of fun i just thank you guys for having me on the show truly yeah thanks yeah, for coming yeah, on. Awesome it was it was a lot it was a blast thanks for uh for coming on um and yeah like i said we we definitely got to have you on here again so um once again go check out uh drew and all his projects drew in the blue Hornots, all that stuff and uh yeah and and if you haven't already again and i cannot stress this enough you guys download Tubi. <laughs> download Tubi. Fucking it's free. It's going to change your life. If you do decide to pray to Tubi uh, or do some sort of ritualistic sacrifice on behalf of Tubi, that is going to get you to a better place in term in terms of Tubi roulette. And I do firmly believe that it does determine what shows up on your home screen on Tubi. Um, and nobody can convince me otherwise. Um, besides that, guys, uh, check us out next week where we we'll do some damn tubi roulette it's gonna be a lot of fun um otherwise anything else i'm forgetting guys no all right well for the halloween is forever crew i'm brian i'm meg i'm steve hail satan hail satan bye 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 everybody